Good evening, glory. Hallelujah to you. What the heck's your story and what's going through you? Bassin ain't easy, but it sure is a lot of fun. I'm your host, Pat Renwick, and welcome to the glorified version of a Bassin talk show. Hello, Bass Galaxy. Give it up for you. Give it up for you. We're back in the studio. We're happy about this. It's cool. Back in the home turf. Had a good time in Minnesota last week. It's good to be back in the home studio. And guess uh, guess who we're bringing aboard? The crazy train back tonight. His annual visit. The one and only hack attack. Greg Hackney. Este noche. That means tonight. In Irish. Greg Hackney. Come with at us. Yeah, uh, producing the heck out of this thing as usual. Andrew Ellenberger. He's a ginger ninja. Give it up for that guy. Red on the head like a... Uh, like the, like a red, uh, like a producer should be, right, Ginge? Isn't that what they say? Kind of got lost there, bro. Yeah, isn't that what your uh, granddad used to say? Red on the head, like a uh, close, like the, the producer should be. Something like that. That's what they used to say. <laughs> and uh, River Jimmy's here. River Jimmy, how are you doing? Good to see you. Did you mess my computer up? Okay. okay. <laughs> and running the chat board tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only uh, J.R. Ewing Rockin' Show Fantasy. It's all part of his Rockin' Show Fantasy. It's J.R. He's running the old chatter. Snap, crackling, and popping tonight. Uh, and also, coming on after Greg Hackney, uh... Let us not forget Pistol Pete, Polish Pete from Omnia Fishing. Yes, he's making his visit back here. It's been a while, Ginge, hasn't it? It's been a minute. Since, yeah, since we had Pete on. Not a New York minute either. I mean, a minute is what <laughs> I'm saying. Uh, but, hey, um, we're going to talk about our favorite baits and your favorite baits. We want to hear from you uh, on the chat board about what your favorite baits are so far this year. Uh, and I have a, uh, my 10-cup tackle storage uh, system here that uh, we'll be talking about uh, baits in there. And, of course, Pete's favorite baits that he's been smashing them on to and uh, baits that a lot of Omnia customers have been smashing them on as well. Okay, hey, um, moving right along, uh, like and share the live Facebook feed. You know what that's going to get you? Does anybody know what that's going to get them? I'm asking. Oh, nobody knows. You know why? Because I didn't tell you yet. Like and share the live Facebook feed. You get the 10-cup prize pack tonight. Yep, that's right. That's right. Don't be surprised if there's a little in there, which I didn't say. And all the people with the prizes. We had a quite of a, uh, a montage. It's a montage. Well, you know what I'm saying? I backed off on that one. I, that's a, I was doing South Park montage music. But, uh, yeah, so we're getting all that together. Uh, JR, uh, Rock and Troll Fantasy, is taking care of that, along with the Ginger Ninja. Prizes are going out, uh, taking care of the past prizes on to the new, and it's Tin Cup tonight. Like and share your chance uh, to win all this stuff is that easy. Just like it. Share it. Take it off a of private. Boom. At the end of the show, uh, we'll pick the uh, the winner. I don't know. Ginge, you're going to pick it. Pistol Pete will pick it. Foley might pick it. Courtney might pick it. I don't know. Somebody's going to pick the winner. It's the 10 cup whiskey giveaway tonight. Hey, um, uh, Ginge, can I get some, like, let's pretend I won, um, like, a four boat derb, okay, on a river. 
Do you have any like any four boat derb winner on a uh, river music? Something like that. I want to thank my sponsors. That's what I want to do. Hey everybody, Pat Renwick here. I just want to thank everybody come out here today. My four boat derb. I like to fish rivers. Dang straight I do. Couldn't do it without my Crestliner XF189. Powered by Mercury 150 Pro XS. Atlas jack plate. I got me power poles. Power pull down for pleasure. And of course the lightness of the Impulse Lithium batteries. Hey, I couldn't have caught those fish. Nah, but for real. Hey, seriously. Ginge, cut the music. Cut the music. All right, let's quick hit it. No, but let's be serious about it. I don't know. Could I catch those fish? Nah, but the, uh, makes it a lot easier on the river. Right, Chinch? Don't it? Don't it make it easier on the river with all that stuff when you're rolling around? Don't it, River Jimmy? That's the easy. That's the easy stuff. The soft, easy way. Hey, you want to, uh, speaking of soft and easy, you want to keep rolling, Chinch? Who do we got? And who could they be from where in this great uh, Bass Galaxy? We don't know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know what it is when you hear that. It can only be. It <laughs> one and only. <laughs> oh, it always happens that way. It always happens like that. All right. Where's Van Halen? WTF. There it is. Ginge was rusty. So, oh my gosh, they're both back. Look at this. What's going on? Nothing. It's just a zoo. It's a freaking zoo. My mind is a zoo, Luke Foley. Your mind is a beautiful place. Well, thank you. At least you think so. I don't know what the heck this is. I think it's spectacular. Yeah, I just won a four-boat derb and thanked all my sponsors because I couldn't have won that. Yeah, I couldn't have won it without them. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God we saved the tin cup for after the derb. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hear you. You should have seen the other three boats, if you know what I mean. They, yeah. They yeah, were all up on there that. When you do good and, and when you do bad. Yeah, they were all up on that tin cup. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, um, Courtney, you look amazing, and welcome back. It's good to yeah. see you, yeah. uh, as it's usual. Been a while. Yeah, it's been, it's been uh, three weeks since we looked at you. Isn't that like a song or something like that? It is. Yeah. Bare Naked Lady. Yes, yes. Keep Boom. It e- hey, this is All a kid's show. Keep it easy. That. None of that, Foley. None of that. Hey, you look good, Foles. You been fishing? Uh, not as much as I'd like to be, but I, I'm going to try and get a little bit in this weekend. So. Hey, Foles, tell we'll everybody see. you know that the half a spot deal, it's like it goes on for months, this half a spot thing. It's uh-huh. uh, yeah. There's multiple uh, derbs uh, each month, and Seth, Matt, and I, some of your tin cup boys, we did a little yeah. half a spotter in Minnesota. We had like I don't know, we had like two, th- like four nineteens and a twenty, okay, and, and two turntables and a microphone. So <laughs> yeah, it didn't all count, but uh, that's what you got to beat. Sign up, so we expect you fully. Uh, to sign up, you as well, Veronica Vaughn, uh, sign up because um, I don't know. I don't think Foley's eligible, but Veronica Vaughn is eligible. She can, okay. yeah. So Courtney, you could um, just like Foles, you could catch the fish. Uh, Courtney uh, does them, and then Veronica Vaughn's in. But anyway, the grand prize is, as you know, fish anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world. That you With want. you. Yeah, yeah, that's the bad part. Oh, that's that'd a, be a fun weekend. I've been saying we need you'll to be anyway. tired of me. You would be tired of me after the first 20 minutes. 
I ain't even kidding. I spent more than 20 minutes with you in person before. Yes, I do have charisma. I do. Yes. You do. You do. Anyway, on with the show. How's twi- Tin Cup Whiskey? How's the Twin Cup Whiskey? I sounded That's like good. I'm a flood. That's good. I see Just, you guys. I'm drinking my usual old-fashioned, and uh, she's got her tin cup and soda, and I got uh, my Hagney flipping stick given to me by Thor himself. Uh-huh. 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 Cooper. I'd like to point out, he hasn't taken the plastic off of it. He refuses. There's you have to do that. that. No, perfect. no, no. You have Perfectly to. normal. That is not normal. normal. That's lame. You don't go flip oh, with the damn like... plastic on that's like no, that's, that's, that's what that's what kids that, that buy Walmart rods do. Sorry, nothing against Walmart. Nothing against nothing. Yeah. Love Walmart. Well, that's how I Love you, that, Sam. Uh, that's the one that he gave me. I know, so. but if you're flipping with it, take the damn plastic off and get some juice on that thing. You know what I mean? Some, well, fl- some flip juice, huh? Oh my goodness, we are on the water for hours, hours, hours Great. a week. That's all right. That's okay. Just take the plastic off that. But that's cool. All right, I'll, t- that's, I'll take the That's cool off. that you have the uh, the deal on. And join the Half a Spot Derp. Halfaspot.com. Uh, download the app on your smartphone, okay? that's If, you, right. ha- if you haven't done it, do it and, uh, and enter the Derp. Still got months left. All that. Yeah. Uh, Fulls, Tin Cup Whiskey, the official brown liquor of bass fishing. Every week here on the Stray Cast Show, you and Courtney bring us the tin cup whiskey word of the week. And we remind the audience, please, to drink responsibly as you sip. When you hear the tin cup word of the week, you can sip some tin cup whiskey. You can sip some ice cold Coca-Cola. Or you can, uh, my new favorite thing right now is Hint Water. Have you ever tried Hint Water? Not a yeah, sponsor. It's freaking amazing. It's two bucks a gosh dang bottle. But that stuff's good. Uh, or the good old... Ladies and gentlemen, tin cup whiskey. Luke Foley, what is the tin cup word of the week this week? Uh oh, somebody. Well, well I, I hope I don't want to offend Mr. Hackney. Uh oh. But you know, you know how he says. Are you chirping you know, him? Are you chirping nah, Hack Attack? No, nah, nah, I'm just Uh-oh. saying. Like, you know how he always says, you know what I'm saying, or you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think yeah. when he says those two fr- phrases, you mm-hmm. should drink. Wow. And when you hear it in person, when you're talking fishing by his boat, when he gives you a rod, he's like, you know what I'm saying? And I go, I know what you're saying, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when he says, you know what I mean, you know what I'm saying, uh, everybody's going to get mm-hmm. a little bit of, we're going to get yeah. hackneyed. Everybody's going to you know get I mean? hackneyed tonight, if you know what I'm saying. If you know what it I mean. has a much bigger effect in person. <laughs> I say, yes, I know what you're saying, Mr. Hackney, sir. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Well, we're looking forward to that. And, uh, again, please drink responsibly, Bass Galaxy. And uh, thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Luke Foley. And thank you, Tin Cup Whiskey, for your support of the entire Bass Galaxy. Cheers to that. Slanche. Thank you. Hey, I'm going to be at the Elite in uh, Thousand Island. Are uh, you? That's passing out shirts, running the Tin Cup casting competition, doing samples. So, okay. If anybody's up in the area, come see me. Going to be checking in on my guys. And, uh, and Luke Luke is signing his own $20 bills and giving those out. So, if you see Luke, he has a stack of 20s. He's signing them and giving them out. I'll pay you for my autograph. That, yeah. that, uh, yes, uh, yes, exactly. That how that's how he's mm-hmm. doing it. And uh, do you have a shirt cannon? Yeah. Do you have a? Sh- I want you to get a shirt cannon. You don't. I mean, I might get order one. Dion yes, wants one pretty we, bad. Yeah, we oh, need okay. one I'll, in time. A shirt no, cannon is a necessity. <laughs> like and share the live Facebook feed tonight for your chance to win the tin cup 
piss uh, whis- whiskey waska wusco. Holy cow, uh, the 10 cup whiskey power pack. Say that 10 times fast. What's in the power pack? Uh, just about whole, they won't be disappointed. It's a whole, whole lot of stuff. <laughs> it doesn't disappoint, Foles. <laughs> Are you caught up on all your prizes? I think there's a couple uh, guy that I haven't gotten his information. So if you haven't gotten something from me, just DM me and I'll get it out. Tomorrow. We'll get it. So. All right. And tonight, like and share the live Facebook feed for your chance to win the Tin Cup Whiskey Fun Pack. Thanks, Luke Foley. Thanks, Tin Cup Whiskey. Thanks, Courtney. Uh, and uh, I guess with that, oh, I want to thank, I want to uh, give a shout out to our horses in the race in the opens, guys. How about that, Foles? Yeah. And uh, who we got in the opens? Oh, we got Matt? a bunch. I don't want no, no. I just, I'm not naming names, but we got Too a bunch. Of, we got a bunch of horses in the races. I don't want to. I don't uh, want to leave nobody out. But I want to do tell everybody that uh, we're off next week, and we come back the week after that. We're gonna have an open special winner of the 15 million island derb and the open winner and all that kind of goodness. So how's that? All, all, right. that, all that in a bag of chips. Hey, what do you say we put the power poles down for pleasure and fun and to lock it in? Because when we come back, it's Greg freaking Hackney. Bye, you guys. Peace. Bye. See you in a minute. Bye. Thank you. Love you guys. Uh, Peace. Love you. Bye. This is the mountain, and this is mountain whiskey. Unspoiled. Untamed. Forever wild. There's no safety net. No way down. Up here, it's just man and the mountain and his tin cup. Tin cup whiskey. Mountain whiskey. Want to know the difference between power bait and other soft plastics? Ask the fish. Berkeley scientists have. Thousands of flavors tested on thousands of fish. Natural, man-made, every bait that's ever hit the water. No matter the shape, size, or color, Power Bait is the only one that is scientifically proven. Fish bite and will not let go. The TH Marine Hydrowave H2 KVD Edition is a surefire way to ignite a feeding frenzy. The Hydrowave utilizes a sound emitting technology that imitates bait fish and other feeding fish below the surface that preys on the competitive nature of bass and other game fish to get you more bites. The Hydrowave is another way that TH Marine has you covered from transom to trolling motor. All right, all right, all right. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty neat, pretty neat. Are you ready, Bass Galaxy? It's time for our annual visit from the one and only Bass Fishing Beast. Give it up, Bass Galaxy. Here he is. He's somewhere in space and time. It's the one and only Greg Hackney, live on Straight Cast. Yes, look at you. Smiling Greg Hackney. Goodness gracious me, oh my. How you doing, old son? Doing great. It's good to see you, dude. It's good yeah, to it's see. good to be. What, what do you got? What, he's moving around all wild. What's happening here? Oh, there he is. Okay, that's a good shot. What do you got behind you, Greg? Uh, you- my picture of me fishing, maybe. Oh. 
I, yeah. Okay. Little area. <laughs> <laughs> In a little area. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, you've been, ex- I'm sure you've been expanding your area. You, you've been off the, uh, the last five weeks, or you got five weeks off here. You still got a little time before you, you head up to uh, New York. Uh, but uh, leaving, uh, I got everything packed. I spent the day packing, working on some fishing tackle, and uh, I'll roll out early a.m. in the morning because it'll take me two days to get there. Gotcha. So you're ready. You're going tomorrow. Yeah, I'm headed tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, I'll get there. Hopefully, no problems. Late Friday afternoon, sometime I'll be there. There, there you go. Are you ready to smash them, Greg? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I've really enjoyed the last few weeks off too, and done a lot of fishing and. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back on the road. Yeah, and uh, I know you went and uh, and hit some of them uh, tarpoons with your son. That's amazing, no silver kings, bud. Yeah, and I, I'll be honest with you, it's been uh, <laughs> a very, very enjoyable off period of time. I pretty much, <laughs> so that, that whole trip, we went with Kobe Krieger, and uh, that was a bucket list trip, and we caught, I'll be honest with you, maybe I caught 15 tarpon that week myself. Wow. Yeah, pretty insane goliath grouper i mean it was a uh it's pretty crazy man i'm not lying to you I, I i learned a lot you know it's a cool thing regardless of what you fish for i learned some new knots okay you know find some different stuff and uh you know just it was a very educational trip but yet really fun i came home i went with gerald sporier offshore we fished for yellowfin tuna i've done a lot of fishing since i've been you know, since we've been off, I've not done any bass fishing, I don't guess. I fish for <laughs> about 50 different species in the ocean. So You're expanding uh, your mind. That's what you're yeah, doing, Greg. It's, it's cool because, you know, fishing's fishing. And uh, I'll tell you a cool thing. A trip this last weekend, Friday and Saturday, graph and fish offshore is the same regardless of what species they are. Wow. If that makes sense. Like, I've just done a lot of stuff, I feel like, the last few days that, you know, will help me. If the smallmouth are deep when we get to New York, I don't know if they're deep or shallow or, you know, what to expect. But uh, regardless, I uh, spent a lot of time looking at my units and uh, I don't know. It's just been really enjoyable. A lot of times we get a break. I feel like I don't get much accomplished. Yeah. This was one of the breaks. I feel like I really accomplished a lot of good time. All right. <laughs> so you didn't get too soft. You didn't get too no. soft. Got to fish a lot. Spent a lot of time outside. Just was a good time. Did you bend the hack attack flip stick on any of these salty dogs or what? Uh, I did. I actually caught, let me see, when we were in Florida, I caught a couple uh, small Goliath grouper on a flipping stick and uh, one big cobia on a flipping stick. That's awesome. That's awesome. But it's so funny because you think about a flipping stick being a big rod, you are a little bit, it's almost like carrying a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> you <fish>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Dude, you, uh, you told me like 11 years ago on my Bass Buzz radio show that you wanted to uh, catch a great white shark on an eight-foot flip stick was one of your life goals, so... Yeah, I don't. I don't think that'll. Now that I've experienced quite a bit of saltwater fishing, that's. Uh, I. It's like now I understand why they said we, he needed a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> you were a little more randy back then, weren't you? You were a little more yeah. spry. Us. <laughs> Eleven years ago, dude. We you you've uh, thank you for all these the years of support uh, of of uh, the Bass Buzz and Stray Cast over the years, and and thank you for rescheduling. I know. We had some gremlins last time with Jay Powell 
uh, deal, and uh, and and you made me uh, you made you kept me on my toes as a talk show host because I had a whole show written for the both of you, and I just I did and I impro I, I improvised you know like a like a horrible comedian or a professional Pat, so I <laughs> felt like you could. Have- <laughs> Thanks for testing me, Greg. You made me tougher. You, you toughened up my Chicago skin even more. Thank you. <laughs> I, I spoke to you. You were going to flip some milfoil in Minnesota. How did that work out? You, you know, it worked. I, we went out there, and uh, on the last day, uh, Seth and Matt and I, we got into them. We got into them. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. yeah three, rub, rub-a-dub-dub, three men in a milf. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> it was a good time. But, hey, enough about that. I want to talk about you. Here's the deal. I don't get you. And I mean no disrespect by that. You're a tough dude to figure out, okay? Like, I get your fishing. I get that. I get your style. I like your fishing style. I like your personality. I like your sense of humor. But, like, I can't quite pinpoint you. Does that make any sense to you, Greg? You want yeah, that? So that my wife says the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet she does. <laughs> You're the ginger and I were talking. The ginger ninja and ginger and and I'm throwing ginger under the bus here, so you don't punch me when you see me. But uh, ginger said, "Yeah, sometimes hacks kind of Jekyll and Hyde," and 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 he meant that in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah. A little bit on the bipolar side. I can see that. <laughs> uh, like, I I'm mean, close personality. How about that? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like you just you want your you want Hackney on your team in a street fight, and you also want Hackney on your team um, at a kid's birthday party. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a world of sense. <laughs> 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 I don't know if everybody else gets that. I get it. <laughs> you're 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 an odd bird, but I think I, like that's a good describe your personality. Describe your personality to me, to us, to the bad. I know that's a tough one. Describe it. That that's a tough one. Yeah, describe yeah, it. I, yeah, I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, it for, is. It's uh, possible. This is a talk show. Let's talk about this. Describe your personality. I, I mean, I think he pretty much nailed it with the Jekyll and Hyde. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, don't show up next. <laughs> uh, how about this? Describe your sense of humor, because, like, for example, I was I do a lot of research. Believe it or not, I research my guests, and I like watch a lot of old Bassmaster clips and Lynn Dollar clips, and and uh, man, like. You're a funny dude. Like you are, you're you're like I don't know if you're always trying to be funny, but you're you're funny, and um, you uh, like I would you, say more cynical. Yeah, cynical. Yeah, but yeah. Th- that's funny. That's a good. That's a good way to describe your humor. Very cynical. Very yeah, cynical. with that's a humor. <laughs> well, sometimes like, and I'm not gonna say I've ever hurt anybody's feelings with it, but maybe once, you know. <laughs> I think I have mellowed a lot with age, and I and here's another thing, dude. I, I, so, and I do get this from Julie that like I grew up with a group of people that I thought a lot of, but we probably picked on each other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
called one another out. I mean, and I've just always kind of been that way. A hundred percent, bud. Uh, like, yeah, I get it. I relate where you I'm from. Well, you know what I mean? I didn't yeah. mean anything about all fun, you know, but, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. If you miners for a lot of guys fishing the elite series, <laughs> it's what, say that again. What for the guys fishing the elite series? I mean, occasionally under my breath, I have things to say. You know what I mean? I might <laughs> throw something out there every now and then. They don't always hear it, but I mean, it's there. It's floating around, you know? <laughs> well, we need, I mean, I think the elites needs more shit talking. I'll be honest. Well, you still, I have a, uh, a nickname for most all of them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now I'm not with I'm not going to, you know, go any farther than that, but I do have, you know, occasionally I, when I see, a, you know, a rap boat run by while we're practicing or during the tournament or whatever, you know, I might have a, I might have a nickname that I throw out there. Well, that's oh, so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> you are something else. <laughs> uh, you're throwing a little salt at him. Yeah, every now and then. Every now and then. But hey, you're, you, you've been at this game a while, bud. I mean, let's feel like I mellowed a lot too. You know what I mean? Over the years, I feel like I've probably mellowed a little. Yeah. Like when you were yelling, get in the boat with daddy rabbit. Like I was like, man, I don't want to mess with that cat. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's a lot of maybe I've learned as I've been out there long enough, I've learned to control my emotions a little better. Yeah. You whisper more now. You just whisper your emotions. Just whisper. Jacked up. <laughs> you haven't you haven't really learned to control them. You just they're just quieter. <laughs> yeah. Just keep them a little more bottled up. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> oh man, wait till the wait till you unleash the lion. That's all I'm saying. Gosh dang, your therapist is gonna make some money off of you. You're influ- yeah. you're influential. Do you know that? Like, I don't know that. No, you really are, dude. Like all my buds do the hackney. Do you know what you know what doing the hackney is? I do not. <laughs> With like, so I, I find myself doing it. Fighter does it. Dicky Mo does it. Basscat Eric does it. We all go. We look. Yeah. Sometimes it's before we set the hook. It's like yeah. you, it's like, yeah, it's like you're cocking a shot. And then oh. Exactly. Cocking the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody does the hackney. And then they cross their eyes. <laughs> Even the 20, 2021 Bass Angler of the Year does it. That's awesome. Do the hackney. You know what I mean? We got to do a remix, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Will you give us some sound bites, please, if we do that? You thinking? I don't know if I now it's uncomfortable. I couldn't do it. Gosh dang it! No, not now. I mean, like when we record it. I would have never put you on the spot for anything. Wink, wink. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, when we record it. No, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about yeah. the awkward uh, silenceness there or whatever. But hey, so let's uh, let's get this straight, man. You uh, you're a champion, plain and simple. And on straight casts, we've had the um, let's just say the luxury of interviewing quite a few champions over 
the seven years of this show and then the in the radio show we did before this. And we noticed that in Champions there's a lot of like characteristics. Do you, do you see that? Like, do you notice similarities in Champions, Craig? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And the first thing that I always notice about champs is natural ability, whether it's football, basketball, or bass fishing. You know what I mean? It's natural ability. And then there's an uncontrollable desire to win. You know, like an uncontrollable desire to almost overachieve. Am I making sense to you about champion qualities? I think you see that in all the greats. Yeah. And then look at this. Then whatever. Extremely confident. Have you ever seen an unconfident champion? No. No. Never. Even if they're not like they don't they just like it kind of they just exude it, if that makes sense. Yeah. They don't have to but they are, they just exude confidence exactly not cocky not like kenny powers like you know you know i'm but like you know they they exude the confidence right yeah and then the final thing is the ability to execute the ability to execute to bring home the desire a lot of people have all the other stuff but they don't have the ability to execute yeah, they're finishers. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta be. You gotta be a dang closer, man. You gotta be. How many wins you got? Five, six, seven in the bass. How many in bass? Uh, I think six or seven in bass. Yeah, I, I, and I'm I'm was Rain Man in there. I mean, and and Forest Wood Cup champion, uh, angler. Yeah, ends on the FLW tour. Yeah, yeah, and and a uh, dang uh, uh, yeah. AOY, both AOY, both leagues. Yeah, and I got a uh, um, a MILF World Champion. MILF World Champion. Not a lot of guys can say that, that you are the champion of the MILFs. You know, that's pretty good. Pretty good. World champion, so to speak. You know, Hasselhoff can't even say that. (laughs) (laughs) He's big in Japan. I mean, not the world. It's Greg Hackney. You're kicking ass, dude. And 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 you went away. You left us for a little bit. And then 2020, four derbs, dude. Four derbs. And then, hey, you're back. Uh, 2021, first uh, derb of the year, I think it was Florida. And then like, you got like a second. You're like, hey, I'm Greg Hackney. Hi, here I am. I'm back. <laughs> and quite frankly, um, these last two years you've been back, uh, you haven't really had bad tournaments yet maybe one in the 70s or something but as bass fishing fans i had one of my worst finishes this year ever in history at chickamauga yeah chick it was that's right chick yeah, yeah you were like yeah. 75 or something 76 it was bad yeah yeah dude and and here's the thing though bass fishing fans like myself like the everyone in the bass galaxy watching like the ginger ninja like jimmy like jr on the chat board we look like if you we look at stats and if you're over 50, it's like you kind of had a bad derp. But if you're in that 50, 50-ish, low 50-ish and below, yeah, it's it's a respectable tournament considering the caliber, caliber of anglers you're against. And like you said, you've had one, one bad one since you, you've been back. And pretty good. And it, 
was a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you're you're sitting good now. Where are you? 16, 17, 18, 19, 20? Where yeah, like 16th or 17th in the points. Okay, okay. So yeah, I mean, not a disaster, but you know, we still have a lot of fishing left to do, so I need to kick it in gear. <laughs> so after everybody dropped out, you didn't move up to third place or nothing? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding you. But not kidding you. <laughs> hey, I want to talk to you. I want to back up because um I don't I've never talked to you about this. I don't think I've talked to any angler about the extent of this. And Greg Hackney in 2006 were you a two, were you a two angler Derber in two thousand six? Were you on FLW in two thousand six as well? Excuse me. No, go ahead. Take a sip. That ten cup went down the wrong hole. <laughs> take your time. I'll take a sip myself. Oh, uh, whatever year the Elite Series started in was oh six. <clears throat> And I had fished both trails up to 06. And then they conflicted the events. <clears throat> so 2006 was the first year that I did not fish both FLW and Bass. <clears throat> gotcha. Okay. But here's here's what I want to talk about. In 2006, um, there was a lot of BASS tournaments. Okay. I think the elites had 11 derbs. You had the... Um, Four... Elite fifties, yeah, uh, and then there was like a bush shootout or something. No, not e fifty. What was it called? It was called something else. Oh, majors. So the majors. First year, I yes. Guess, so I was rookie of the year in two thousand and four, and in two thousand and five they had the the elite fifties, which later in two thousand and six turned into the majors. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, because it was originally it was the e fifties, and then it. They changed the name to the majors. Okay, I remember now that you're saying that uh, the format a little bit uh, was a little bit, but it was still like because all the elite fifties were like uh, were the mega bucks format. If you made the final day, then they were ten holes, and then you rotated the holes. Gotcha, gotcha. You, yeah. Did you they, like that? They, I did. I I really enjoyed that. I guess that was 05. Yeah, that would have been 05 when they did that. And that was the only year. When they went the next year, no, it was the same in the majors. Was yeah, it? the majors kept that same format in that they uh, they rotated on the final day. The top 10 rotated on, in a 10 old course. Okay, which is which is really cool. But, but Yeah, I, I liked it. That was a cool, you know, because that was the old Mega Bucks format. And then you had a bush shootout and then the classic. I think you fished 16 tournaments for BASS this year, or that year, 2006. Right. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. And you won one. You won the uh, at Rayburn inaugural year, the Elites, 2006. Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about those majors again. Then those, the, 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 the spawn that the E50 spawned. So 10 whole course. And then you had like different ones. You had like, legends you had memorial you had like yeah well each one of them because i got a don butler trophy like from one finish and one of them but each one of them had like you know a significance you know each tournament um uh, yeah they were they were great tournaments they paid they were two hundred thousand dollar no entry fee 
Wow. Uh, they paid half the field. I, so here's the deal. I finished second. Scott Rook won the one at Little Rock. And yeah. I, and I, and I, I finished second, eight ounces behind him. He oh. got two hundred grand, and I got thirty six grand. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little spread there, but <laughs> yeah. was kind of kind of was kind of a little kind of stingy a little bit. Uh, but uh, how were how'd you feel after two thousand six? When that uh, yeah, I mean that was the first year of the Elite Series, and I mean it was a. Uh, uh, you know, so 2006, honestly, was kind of like, I guess, would have been 2019. There were also a group of anglers that left, you know, when the Elite Series was created in 2006. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, that's yeah. true. Now yeah. that I think about it, good point, Greg. We had a little bit of a split deal. A bunch of guys went to FLW, you know, that were household names at Bass that same year. Yeah, like I totally yeah. knew that happened, but it was kind of like a little blockage. You know what I mean? A little blinder. Yeah, but I was excited. You know, that was that was I was still, you know, because like I said, my rookie season at Bass was 2004. And uh, and, you know, I, so, you know, things were going good because <clears throat> I started off fishing FLW and then I switched to I didn't switch to Bass, but I started, you know, qualified for the tour level and started doing them both. And, you know, I was young and. I enjoyed, you know, I was fishing every week. I enjoyed fishing both tours, fishing every week. And then the Elite Series came along, and I liked it because it was going to be so many events. And I, and that's kind of the reason I was fishing both tours, you know. So, like we did, we had 16, 17 events, whatever it was, counting the classic 11. Yeah, so it would have been 11, 15, 16, actually 17 events, counting the, you know, counting the classic. Wow. So, uh, you know, a young up and comer bass fisherman like myself, that was, it hit me just right. You know, things were good. The economy was good then and money was flowing. And I, you know, in my mind, it, I was like, wow, I, I nailed it. You know, it was the best time. I just felt like I, like my career started at probably one of the best, like honestly is as good as the, as far as financially, probably one of the most lucrative times in bass fishing is when I started was when I became a professional bass fisherman, you know, I kind of made the nail. In. Perfect timing. And, and 2000 and, and 2006, um, was a magical year. I mean, you were, you got in the game a few years before that. And then 2006, it was just bass magic everywhere. You know what I mean? It, really, it was incredible. Yeah. And, like those, I, I still want to. I still don't understand these. I want you to refresh my memory on these majors. So you had legends. You had was there legends fishing in the legends derb? No, they they just named each one of them. Oh, gotcha. Like they were just naming the event. That was the reason. Like each major had a different name. Okay. You know, you know, name recognition significance of the name is the reason it was. Uh, I get it. I thought Jimmy yeah. Houston was out there throwing a spinner bug with you. No. So the deal was it was a points deal over, I think it was a three-year, either a two- or three-year points deal. Top 50 in the points for two years was how you qualified for it. Aha. Uh -huh. So that first year in the Elite 50s, how I got in the deal was I was rookie of the year. So they, even though I didn't have enough years – which was kind of a bad deal because so in 2004, I was rookie of the year. So in 05, I got to do the uh, elite fifties. 
Well, then one year I had to stay out, even though I was high in the points because I didn't have enough years. So I missed one year of it. Maybe wow. that was the second elite 50s. I did one year of the elite 50s, and then the second year I couldn't because I hadn't been there long enough. Huh, interesting. And then after that, I made them every time, but it was, I can't remember what the deal was, but I, ended, I and here, and here was the deal. It was, it actually turned out, it wasn't a bad deal. I, I, Cause they, I got paid to go to a couple of them and, uh, do, uh, seminars, you know? Yeah, sure. So it was still a good, they got like that. <laughs> it's funny. I, I got to do a seminar for Cialis at, uh, Dardanelle Russell. Oh yeah. For Cialis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for Cialis. So, I mean, it was in the Cialis booth. They were a big sponsor at the time. You, you know, that was during a period of time that Bass had a lot of non-endemic sponsors. Gotcha. There were a lot of non-endemics in the industry then. So you know, were, the you in, were you impressing the crowd from the from the booth after the, you were showing how the pro, was the crowd impressed? With or, was there oohs and ahs? I never had the opportunity to use any of the product. Oh, oh I, I thought you were giving seminars on the product. No, I was just there talking about bass fishing. Oh, gotcha. So no correlation yeah. between uh, uh, fishing hard, like driven and strong. You know, like being a fierce no. competitor. And no, no, no. I, we it was just straight bass fishing. Got it. I get but it. But I just funny because I just remember them paying me to come and do a seminar at their booth, and you know. <laughs> and you're like, dang straight, I am. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> but I mean, hey, that's it, dude. Uh, like history, 2006. Here's another little bit of history about that same deal. It's funny how things triggered your mind and you remember. Yeah. So on the way there, I got a speeding ticket between Conway and Russellville <laughs> on the uh, on the way there. <laughs> <laughs> Going to work at the Cialis booth. <laughs> you better tell Julie to pay that, okay? You don't want to get open. <laughs> it's been paid by now. Or lock me up. Uh, old Buford T. Pusser going to pull you over. <laughs> oh, man. In Arkansas. <laughs> Breaking some hackney headlights. Uh, which is an awful fancy truck. Be breaking that Academy Sports. <laughs> man uh i mean again it's got a what's the closest you ever been to winning a classic the closest you ever been or the uh, best place maybe fifth fifth place at Hart yeah Hartwell's the the first time we went to Hartwell it was the one that out jones won oh yeah the jig one yeah what were you doing uh i caught most of them cranking in that deal up the up a river oh. up one of those arms Gotcha. Gotcha. You got a little. That's the only time we've been there. The lake was like 20 foot low. It's crazy. It's never looked like that since. Like it was actually hard to get around in places because there was so much timber, you know, and then every time we've been there since it's been a lot higher, but it was a phenomenal fishing. I I say that the fishing was as good. That was an 08. So the fishing was as good there then it is, is now the lake has stayed really the same from 2008 till 2022 huh you know is was that the year takahiro was by the island too fishing like a spin pole you know i don't know that was the one that aaron martins was catching off the same road now that was a different one okay so was aaron martins caught him off of that same road bed that year that takahiro caught him off of 
So I think the one Taco Hero caught him in off the roadbed was the one that Casey Ashley won. Gotcha. But it was the same road. It was the same one that Aaron caught 50 a day off of that first time we were there. So that was Aaron's spot first. Cool. I never knew that. Yeah, it was. Aaron caught like 50 a day off that deal, drop shot during that classic. Wow. <laughs> so Bobby did really well in that one. He was shad rapping and something else up one of the rivers. And that was the one that Charlie Hartley led. Yeah, that was the first time we were there. And Charlie led the first two dates. But yeah, with the docks, the jig by the docks. Yeah, four or five boat docks with the jig. Yeah, that and, push. Uh, yep. Didn't catch them the last day. Uh, yeah, Van Dam caught a big sack the first day. They ran current. The first day of that deal, they ran a lot of current. And fishing was phenomenal because the first day I was like, I don't know, seventh or eighth with like 17 pounds. And there were like four bags over 20. And a bunch of guys went way up that river that runs to that other, comes from that other lake. And it ran current. They caught a bunch of big bags up there. And then uh, they shut the water off. And that ended it because Van Damme <laughs> caught 20 pounds down the lake out of school the first day. And then that never caught another fish down there the rest of the week. Now he caught some fish up the river, but he never caught another fish down the lake. And I think like looking back on that deal, that was all a current deal. You know, those shallow fish were, they've just pulled a lot of water. I mean, I can just remember pulling up on my first place and seeing the current run around a point, you know? Yeah. And dude, like that's in a couple lessons that I learned from that classic is Rick Clun was saying something. I can't remember where it was and God forgive me. I can't remember if he was in that classic or not, or commentating or talking or something, but current is the great neutralizer. I learned that from Rick Clun at that derb. Also, uh, the, uh, uh, Charlie Hartley taught us that make sure your jig is on the bottom. When you think it's on the bottom, it's probably not on the bottom. That's what Charlie told us. I like, that's my dumb mind. And I remember him calling himself Disappearing Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Charlie to death. But I do remember getting that the, uh, during the tournament. Oh, man. Magical times. 2006, especially the first year of the elites. And you won one. Pretty cool, Greg. Yeah. Uh, a big deal, and I broke a ten pounder off on the first one. I won the first two back to back. Oh Lord! Ish, or Ish won the first one. I finished third. I got smoked on a topwater bait ten pounder right at the boat and broke my line. I'll never forget that. I couldn't turn it. I didn't do nothing with oh. it. Twenty pound popped it right off. Oh man! Uh, I mean, and and amazing right out of the gate. And then what was Rayburn? Was that the Sanko? Were you on a Sanko at Rayburn? Yeah. A, uh, well, I, it was, I called him on the nocho. Yeah, nocho. You know what I mean. Yeah. Actually, zero. The zero at, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and we also learned from you that make sure that your braid does not sneak through the eye of the hook from a previous tournament. That, you lost because of that. Four. Yeah. You lost that dirt. So bit of trivia. I, I fished that tree for the first time this year when we were at Santee and got bit on. Really? Yeah, I shook a fish off on it in uh, it's the same time of the year, you know. Those fish spawn in the same uh, same places, but I, I, when I got to it, I was like that. It, I, it, I never, I didn't get bit off of it during the tournament. I actually fished it the first day, but uh, I did get bit off of it. At, I think the first afternoon of practice. <laughs> that's pretty magic, dude. That's pretty cool. You're like, yeah, yeah. But... I'll be honest. If there was any place that we go to and travel around the country and go to where I think I could move and be happy fishing there every day. 
I could be happy fishing there every day. At Santee. Oh my gosh, it's phenomenal. You I get it. jacked up. So I'll tell you this, I've been there four or five times. I've never finished out of the top ten. And I, I, I think the deal with it is it's just because I love it so much. Yeah, and you were keying in first ever start. I finished fifth and never start there. I don't know, a long time. Like when I was starting my it was the year I won the points in the Eastern Everstarts and made FLWs. And I, I can't remember that was my first time there. And I've just I've been infatuated with it ever since. I just because it's so much like where I grew up. It fishes the same way and it's got giant bass. And every time you swing the hammer, it can be a 10 pounder or at least at eight. And it's as good now as it's ever been. And you're always, you're always violating the cypress knees. Yeah. They just live on those trees there. You know, I, I really like, I'll tell you this. I really like, I was so jealous the year that they fished there in the fall. I would love to have fished it in the fall. Um, and I watched it. I watched all the Bassmaster live that year. You know, when I was on the, I was still tinkering around the dark side. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're a MILF champion, Hasselhoff's not. Yeah. It's a world champion. Hey, so on them Cypress knees, bud, is it like always, is the deal like you should have a little hard bank close by usually instead of those expansive forests? Are shorter, like shorter little Cypress forests with hard bank always better? Not no, either. not necessarily. But the deal is there'll be something about the bottom that makes those fish pick which groups of trees they're in. Hmm. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. it could be a huge group of trees and they all look alike. And when you get bit off of one, chances are everything will be in a small radius of where that bite came from. You like you, you never get, about the only time you ever catch isolated fish off cypress trees is when they get on single trees. Or they get on more isolated trees. And you can just run isolated ones. Typically in a group. It's something about the bottom, you know, whether it's a patch of shell on the bottom or, you know, maybe the way the, the roots grow. So not all cypress trees are the same. Some have knees, some have roots that look like hair. You know, they're all different, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah, I, I, I've seen I've seen all like, of them. It, it's never random. Just let me tell you, you'll never catch a fish off a cypress tree and it's random. It's just like anything else. There's a certain reason that fish is there. And more times than not, it's something about the bottom. Like what the, you know, the, you know, so the whole deal was they were spawning on trees, shallow trees this time, but it was on a certain really hard bottom. And a lot of times there'll be, especially on that lake, there's a lot of shell. Like there's a lot of muscle beds and those muscle beds will be in those trees, you know, and those are the places. Cause I mean, when the water's clear, you can see it. You'll see the shell, you know, laying on the bottom. Is that the same for deep grass? Is that what, like, you know, when you'll find those, those more times, no, it's, it's hard bottom in that grass, you know, millfoil, coontail, both will grow on in soft bottom sometimes. And there'll be some rock, especially like anytime you're up North, it's typically always about rock. You know, it's a patch of rock in that grass, something about the bottoms different. You know, I was thinking about that. There's that, uh, the openness started starting tomorrow at, uh, Oneida. Yep. Find the right grass there, flipping grass, you'll catch both. But it's typically it's gonna be some rock. If you go like you can catch largemouth there out of grass that doesn't have rock. But when you find the rock in the grass, you'll catch both. Like you'll flip up a four pound smallmouth and a four pound largemouth on back to back flips. Country you know and I mean? western right there. 
Yeah, that's the one of the first places I ever done that was at Oneida. It was catching them both. Damn. And it always like you don't you the largemouth will be the dominant fish in the grass as far as the number. But typically when you catch a smallmouth flipping grass when they're mixed, they're always big ones. I mean, they'll always be like four pounders, you know. <laughs> that's pretty You'll awesome. Hit it, you know, he's fixing to go with you got twenty foot of line out and he'll be ten foot high in front of you right after you stick. <laughs> good good. <laughs> <laughs> on the eight foot stick oh goodness yeah no that's that's uh that, that's amazing yikes so it's always bottom it's bottom it's not the yeah, bottom more times than not i mean you know there's certain situations where it can be mixed in vegetation you know when you it can be like i, I caught them at a at uh lake washington in arkansas there was miles of hydrilla that was deep it was growing up like 22 or 23 but there were isolated patches of coontail that were 25, and that's where all the fish were. And it was wherever you would find a hydrilla line that had the coontail. I never caught one out of the hydrilla. They were always in those patches of coontail that were growing outside the hydrilla. Kind of same deal that, well, Cayuga, it was, uh, there were rock in the grass, but the fish were not relating to the millful. I mean, I caught some flipping millful there, but the majority of them were in cabbage that were growing out on rock outside the millful. The millful was only growing out to like 12 feet. And that cabbage was growing from like 17 to 22, but there was rock on the bottom. Really? You know, so they were in the bottom. cabbage? Yeah, they were in the cabbage. I hate was that cabbage. Out. Usually that's just all pike crap. You, you know, it's a funny thing in that I would come back up to that. That was, you know, middle ways of lake or whatever. I never caught a pike the entire event in the area that I went in. Now I could come up north with that big flat where the majority of everybody was fishing at and literally to get 15 pickerel bites to every, <laughs> but in the part of the lake that I fished in, I never caught one all week, never caught one in practice. It was weird. I don't know why, Good. but it was all, well, you know, nothing else. You, uh, what do you think of those, uh, those shoe picks, those mud fish? Like, are you, are you freaked out by them or they don't bother you? No, they don't bother me. So here, it's a funny, this is a funny deal. Like, so I thought that was a Southern fish yeah. until the first time I went to Champlain. And I was like, oh my gosh, they got world-class shoe fishing at Champlain. <laughs> you know, like I, I didn't, I didn't realize, I thought they, oh, muddy water, you know, mud bottom fish. And they're everywhere. Like, I don't know if they're not more, I don't know. We got millions of them here, you know, but there's a lot of them up North, you know? They just met, you know, I don't mind. I mean, I'll sight, I like to sight fish for them when I'm practicing. I just, <laughs> I hate them during the tournament. Yeah. You ever like, like bad mojo follows them around. Cause I have had them before to kind of jack up a day. It seems like they can get you off on the wrong foot. You know what I mean? Get oh you yeah. Going direction. Yeah. Or you get that, you know, you get that, uh, you know, that, uh, that jackhammer or that or your strike King, uh, jig or uh, bladed jig all going all sweet and everything. And then it destroyed. Yeah. You're pretty much better off. Most of the time now, when I catch one, I just cut the line because <laughs> they pretty messed up the hook point or, you, you know what I mean? Like their, their head is solid bone. So they just typically jack up whatever they get a hold of. <laughs> you, what's your, what hook are you, uh, are you on these days? Still that same hack attack, straight shanker? So pretty much on braid, I'm straight hack attack hook anytime I'm flipping braid. Uh, the, I'll go to a little lighter wire, still a strong hook. I, honestly, I, I experiment with several. I, 
I, most of the time when I'm flipping fluorocarbon, I'd use an owner jungle flipping hook. Gotcha. Is the hook I like best. And, uh, you know, I see they come out with a new hook. Uh, I don't know what it's called. It's, it's, it's like an offset hook that has the bend of a round bend, like a straight shank. Huh. I, I've heard good things about it. I've not used one, you know, so, but typically, you know, strictly braid. I'm a, a, only a hack attack hook just because you never roll the hook point on it. And I'll like, if I try to flip that jungle flipping hook with braid, I'm going to flex it. Like you still might catch the fish, but I'll have to cut it off and tie on a new one. Cause I'm going to open it up. And uh, you'll roll the hook points on those other hooks. And that hack attack flipping hook. I can, you know, I catch a hundred on the same hook and never, the hook will be just as sharp as it was when I started. Nice. What's the yeah, size you put in that rodent? What size you putting in that rodent, that straight shank? Oh, always a six aught in the rodent. The six aught? Yeah. It's, really? Uh, I put it in there because of the length of the bait. If you put the, So here's the deal. Our hooks are four, five, and six. So our five has a big enough bite, but to me it's too short. The hook shank is too short. It fits a rage bug perfect. The five alt is perfect because I like for my hook point to go to the end of the meat, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I put that six alt in there on the road. It's all the way at the bottom, right before the, the split. And gotcha. uh, so I, and there's no, because of that hook has such a big bite. There's no chance of that bait widen up on the hook. All right. Is, so here's the deal. As far as beaver style baits go, a rodent is slightly bigger than everybody else's. Interesting. Uh, it is. It's a bigger piece of plastic. So the six fits it better. Now, with that being said, if I was flipping a rodent on fluorocarbon, I used the five alt uh, jungle hook. And the reason for that, a five alt jungle hook, the shank is the exact same length as the six alt hack attack. It's all about the, the length of the uh, shaft of the hook. Is the reason? I'm it's with not you. about the bite. I'm with and, you. Uh, so typically, for me, if I if I if I downsize, I flip a menace. I use a four alt hack attack, or if I'm using a baby rodent, I use a four alt hack attack. It's just a perfect fit. And I mean, I'll do that. I'll use a baby rodent with a ounce and a half or ounce and three quarter, and put that four alt in there because it just fits that bait. I'm just like I don't have OCD or anything, but some things just I, everything has to be exactly right. Like the hook has to fit the bait. Like <laughs> if I rig one up and it don't look right, we don't use it. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah. You're, I mean, yeah. Hey, that's, that's the naturalness coming out. You know what I mean? That's the naturalness of the fisherman. <clears throat> you got, it's gotta be perfect. It's gotta be yeah. Perfect. It's just where the, I, it, there's just like a certain point on the bait where I want the hook point to go in at. And, and that's the reason for, you know, how I picked the size of the hook I used. Are you I with owner? Guy, Are you owner? I am not. No. Gotcha. I, no. What I were you saying? Possible. I'm sorry. You were. Well, I, so here's the deal. I've used Gamakatsu's. I, I had an issue with them that that wire keeper that they put on theirs. I had some issues with it spinning. Maybe they fixed that. I don't know. I've got to use it. I like that owner because it has that. Like when I'm flipping fluorocarbon, it has a monofilament keeper. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. The owner's got the mono keeper. Yeah, it's got the mono keeper, and I like that, you know. Okay. And uh, I have good luck, you know. I mean, I've lost some fish on, I've lost fish on everything, but I, all in all, I have good luck with that hook. What do you, you know? are you pegging with the uh, the old fashions, or are you using the stops? Yeah, no, I'll never, I, I'll never be a big fan of the stops. 
I like the, I like the pain. The <laughs> what's river. it? What's the deal? What's uh, Brower was just telling telling me the same thing. What? Why is it though? In uh, your the deal is I had weird breakoffs on braid with using a bobber stop, and uh, I think there's a chance that 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 tungsten is so hard that under the right pressure and the right scenario, it could cut your line. And by putting that rubber peg in it, my bait is always. I feel like it's like a shock absorber in that weight. Okay. Same with fluoro? Yeah. Same with fluoro. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're all. And here's. I, it, I can. So, you know, they make several different pegs. And uh, I can. Like, if I'm flipping a big weight, I can adjust that peg in that weight to how I want the weight to slip up and down the line. If I want it to slip easy, I won't pull it down in there as far before I flip it. You know, because they make a big one. It's a, I use pegots. That's what I use. Gotcha. And they make a magnum one. And I can, you know, if I want the weight to be tight or if I want it to slide, I can adjust it. And then the other thing is I feel like it keeps that weight from when I'm punching mats from, uh, you know, being so hard on my bait. Because there's the other deals. Strike King plastics are the softest. I mean, our tour grade plastic is so soft, which I really like. But when you're punching in that mat, especially with like an ounce and a half or ounce and a quarter, ounce three eighths, whatever. I, I like having that tension of that weight. And there's, there's no, that weight never touches. Like I pull it down there to where it almost touches the plastic, uh-huh. but it's, so there's no chance of it put, you know, going down there and messing up my bait when I'm going in and out, in and out, in and out. And I got that little bit of gap. So when he gets it, I just feel like after I've snailed the hook, that weight pops down there and seals the gap. And then that hook pops up. You know, I don't know. I, so, I, so I, last year at a writer's conference, Jared McMillan, picked, you know, the Florida boys, they big time flippers. He yeah. picks it up. And he can't believe you, you know, you, you know, you old school pegging your weight. And I'm thinking, <laughs> talk me into changing. I'm, I'm all open for making changes. You know what I mean? Okay. If some could prove to me that the bobber stop was better, I change, but I don't think they can do it. <laughs> all right i mean i flip a lot you know a lot of my it's i learned from trial and error more than anything you know and uh i mean forever we used the toothpick i never had any issues with that <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know but the, but there's just a couple reasons again it kind of goes back to that hard weight and i think it a shock absorber on my line and then the other deal of not knocking my plastic off when you're sure enough like when i'm throwing that bait up in the air you know, to get it to go through a mat. I mean, if you if that weight is not, t- you know what I mean? If that weight's, that bobber stops on the front, that weight's pushing down on the back of that weight. I mean, you know what I mean? That weight's going to push my bait off the hook. And I don't know. Like I said, we use soft plastics, and I think it just makes my baits last longer. It makes, total, makes total sense, yeah. I, I, I've been flipping that uh, that uh, creature hog deal. It's real uh, soft as well, and I think that'll help me. You know, I, I'm still, I've been taking your advice and Brower's and using the old fashioned pegs, but I think I'm pushing it down on there too much. So, so on that big weight, I use, like I said, I use that jump, it's called a jumbo peg and you can, how hard you pull it down in there is how stiff your weight is. Now you don't really have that option on like using that. And, they, and now they make some little fine ones that I really like when I'm flipping fluorocarbon. Uh, and you know, fish in a smaller weight that are just real, you know, they just seal on the bait good. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> now that 
it, like, again, I, I, and I asked so Jared, I was like, I mean, I'm for changing. If you can, you know what I mean? If yeah. you can give me a reason, like the, you know, the, but I just had some bad experiences with a bobber stop. And here's the other thing. I hear a bunch of guys talk about, Oh, I, I must've been a pike. I broke off her. And I'm like, was it? Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I had some weird breakoffs on fluorocarbon and on the uh, braid, you know, uh, using a bobber stop. And I'm like, and I don't have time to pull that thing on the line. What's your not with fluorocarbon? Oh, I tie Palomar. I, you know, I use gamma fluorocarbon, so uh, Palomar not hundred percent. So I, and I've been again. It's one of those deals. Now I have experimented with other knots with other fluorocarbons, and I will tell you that depending on what fluorocarbon you use, I'm not going to tell you if you cannot tie Palomar perfectly, you probably best be tying another knot. But when it's tied perfectly. And because uh, Van Damme and I've had this same discussion because he ties a Palomar and the whole deal is, is not to get the lines crossed when you pull it tight because it will burn fluorocarbon. Yes. You know? Yes. So I don't recommend it if a guy cannot, if he's not a hundred percent sure that he can tie a Palomar perfectly, I'd say don't tie. My don't gosh. Fluor- I did not think you tied a Palomar with your time, flip. I don't know. Wow. 10, 11, 12. And I just still tie it, you know. What about with I, your plugs? Same thing with plugs and floral? Yeah, I can just tie it so fast that I just don't have time to tie that other knot. I can't slow down enough to tie it. Okay. Wow, cool so, thing. Here's the deal. On a Palomar knot, <laughs> always start with the line doubled. You'll have a lot better chance of having the line doubled when it goes through the eye of not burning the line. If you, I see when I see a guy run the line through and then turn around and run it back through to double it, I'm like, now we're gonna have a problem. Oh wow! Even on the spin pole. Uh, which as in, like the light line, like you know how sometimes. Again, dude, I I I'm just telling you, I've used Gamma Edge now for the last I don't know ten or twelve years. I tie a pile more on six. So I'm fixed to do a bunch of spinning position the next few days. <laughs> and there'll be a Palomar knot tied on everything other than where my braid is attached to my leader. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like I don't it. have any I don't have any issue. You know, I don't know. Every time I tell somebody there's like, oh my God. You know, and I'm like, whatever. I don't and here's the deal. And I'm not trying to talk anybody into using it because I don't care what they use. Right. You know what no, I mean? No, I get it. I get it. It just whatever works for you, you know. But I, I, I wouldn't recommend the Palomar not unless you're 100% sure that you don't cross those lines because that is what burns it on fluoro. If those two lines are across one another, it will it will weaken, you know, weaken the fluorocarbon. So it's gold- a lot, it, it, like it was a lot easier to tie on monofilament, you know, but I just I've tied it so much and I have a deal. I can't really explain it because I, I can do it with my eyes closed, but I just have a way of putting my finger through there to make sure those lines never get crossed gotcha hey there's do an instagram video on that for us would you yeah for real but it it is i've stayed with a couple guys and showed them and they were like you know now they these guys are good you know really good fishermen and i know now they they tie palomar because of that because they saw well thanks for giving that away let's get real sneaky now you okay okay, let's get super greg hackney sneak sneak type stuff and like you're gonna, you, will you be completely honest? You promise to be a hundred percent honest. 
You know, the good thing, that's about my personality. You can't tell if I'm lying or not. So. <laughs> Get in the boat with Daddy Rabbit. <laughs> Mr. Cialis, I like your style. <laughs> hey, all right. So, man, I was watching you on this derb in Florida once, and uh, you're throwing a wood top water plug around some, uh, some fish, around some docks back in a canal or something. Can't remember what Florida derb it was. It is a wood plug. Wait, what's that plug? Uh, it was a, m- a mimic. A mimic. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Guy's still in business or what? But he, uh, it was probably he probably copied it after one of those North Carolina prop baits. Yeah. But it's really good. I use them now. So I got about ten. You know, so much of that stuff is niche. It's not like something I got tied on every sure derby. You don't go through a lot of them. I still got about 10 of them left, but it was a cool deal because it's a wire runs all the way through. It's wood plug balsa. Wire runs all the way through it. You know what I mean? Like the the line tie and the hook tie on the back are on the same. Everything's connected. So the bait spins on that wire, never twist. Oh. So the, that is when you throw it out there, if that, that bait won't torque and cause those blades to jump around the line interesting deal with that so those prop baits that are made that don't spin like that you'll end up a lot of times with that when you pull them of that front uh prop jumping and wrapping your line gotcha and by that so that bait spins on that wire all the way through it it really eliminates that because that bait never torques you know what i mean yeah the bait rolls over the bait's flopping back and forth left or right when you pull it so it never torques that bait and causes it to jump over your line. The now, I mean, occasionally it happens or whatever, yeah, but, but the mimic really down. Yeah, just yeah, it was mimic lures. Ginge, get us some of those. Write that down. Mimics. Yeah, hey. he he made square bills, and he was the guy who made uh, our that the, you know when striking had the wooden flat side. Yeah, the that bait was awesome, and the shad yeah. wrap one. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he made baits. Uh, back in the day when you know strike king had a, a, some custom built stuff that's wooden right bait. now i remember what's that cat's name oh uh, his name was kelly i don't know what his last name was but he was mimic worse yeah mimic dude and that shad one that you guys had at strike king that was like a shad wrap knockoff yikes that was really good remember it it was out the same time as the flat one it, like yeah, that- but- don't have that we still it's a lucky shed we still make that bait no no this one was wood bud this one this i still i don't remember it our plastic shed wrap imitation that lucky shed you can throw on a bait caster and it's really good yeah exactly. like i don't only thing he made that the wooden bait was is the he made a flat side I can't remember. It was called a stealth shad or something. I can't remember what the yeah, name KVD was. Yeah, KVD used it in the classic. Remember, it was his first. It was his. Rose won the FLW at Gunner's Pool on it uh, a few years ago, four or five. I don't know. I don't know time. These tournaments all. Run. <laughs> There's been so many of them now. But hey, but I'm gonna bring you some of them right. shad wrap wood ones. Okay, they were out yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I don't remember that bait. I don't know why. It was a damn. It was a Strike King man in the yellow thing. You know who's got a ton of them? Bill McDonald. Yeah, he's got a bunch of the flat wood ones too. Go, go, uh, break in his garage, Billy Mac. Oh, I'm still holding on the flat sides, but uh, <laughs> but I, I, I just 
for that shad wrap. I'm going to bring you some. But if you get a chance to throw our plastic on that Lucky Shad, it is really a good thing. You like it? Number four KVDs on it, it'll suspend. Oh, look at yeah. you. Yeah. Look at you. It's pretty sexy in some cold water. Hey, was the Mimic, uh, is that that, squ- do you, are you throwing that sneaky square bill, the wood one? Is that a Mimic too? What is that sneaky square bill? I don't know. The wood one. Oh, come on. You know. I can't even remember if I've got those things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're something else. Uh, they were hand-me-downs, I think. Oh, someone, uh, yeah. Okay. You don't want to tell yeah. us. You don't want to say. Uh, I'd been the same guy made those two. Okay. All right. What, it, what's the favorite color in those Cypress Knees? You know, either uh, sh- uh, pearl with a chartreuse back or chartreuse and black are hard to beat. Pearl. But I, I'm a man. That, so when I was growing up as a youngster, that pearl with a chartreuse. I've caught one or two off that pearl with a chartreuse back out of in that green water around the cypress trees. That's the reason when I saw that, you know, when they fished at Santee in the fall, it was a lot of that green water. Yeah. Around us. I've always been a big fan of that. Pearl with chartreuse in the green water. I love it, dude. I like what yeah. you're saying. Bows. Something about that. Uh, I don't know that. So pearl is different from white. If, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's a lot more shine, you know, just a lot more iridescent. I don't know, but it just, and then that green water, it would make that bait look like it's got a, like it's glowing, almost like a light around it. I don't know. That used to be how I picked my crankbait colors. I still do to some extent. They, you know, those baits just have to look, have a real natural look to them. If I can look at it and see the scale pattern on it or whatever, I just never liked the way it looked. Wow. I like to almost be blurry, if that makes sense. Yeah. When you crank it up. Yeah, you know, to have that blurry look, like a quick no. brim or shad. Yeah, like in it when it has that blurry look, you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm close. I got the right color, you know, when it looks like that and doesn't stand out. Are these B two size or B three or B one balsa B uh, twos and threes? Twos and threes, the the bigger size you like? Yeah, yeah. I don't ever hardly throw one any smaller than a two. So the deal is that two is like that from one foot of water to three foot. And then that three is more two to five. What's the string? What kind of string are you using on that? Uh, either sixteen or twenty, depending. Fluoro. I'm trying to. Uh, oh yeah, fluoro. Okay. About the only time I crank, I crank with mono is when uh, you get hung a lot. You know what I mean? If you get hung a lot, you won't get hung as much using mono. Mono's softer, and you don't react as quick like you do on fluoro. And here's the other deal: typically, when you when I switch to mono. It's not like I'm making long casts. You're still catching those fish point blank. It's about like flipping. You know, every bite is from five foot from the boat to 25 foot from the boat at the farthest. You know, you're target fishing with that stuff. But but that works on a 1.5 or 2.5 too because anytime you're around wood and you, you, you're getting hung a lot and you feel like it's costing you bites, you can switch back to mono. Same rod. You don't have to change anything. You know, we use – so I call millions of fish on monofilament with hooks that I'd sharpened with a file. <laughs> you know, I yeah. never sharpened. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, have any trouble catching them on uh and now I'm using better equipment. I have a better rod, a better reel, and and sharper hooks than we've ever used before. So I don't have any trouble. And I tell you this is something you'll find because I do this on spinnerbait. I throw spinnerbait on monofilament a lot, especially when I'm up close. You look at how the fish is hooked. You'll hook them so much better on monofilament a lot of times than you will fluoro anyway, fishing close. 
because you don't react. You get you're giving that fish a chance to eat that lure before you react. Now, again, the only time I do that is when I'm fishing shallow and fishing close. But I do that a lot. Now, I tell you this: a lot of times on a bladed jig, if I had trouble catching them, I tie that sucker on twenty pound mono and catch every one of them. <laughs> and you're on the glass rod still with all that? No, I don't see. That's the deal. I, I I'm not a big fan of the glass rod on the bladed jig. Really? basically just use the same rod I spinnerbait with, which is kind of a parabolic medium heavy. It's got a lot of rod. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not stiff and it's not fast. I don't like a fast rod for doing it, but I, I, if I run into a situation where I can't stick them on fluoro, I, like I said, I just tie it on 20 pound mono and catch every one of them because they'll eat it. Yeah. Cause the whole, by the time you feel him, he's eat the bait. You're not reacting so quick. That's the only reason on a bladed jig, people have to go to a glass rod. They're reacting too quick. If you got That's patience, me. I think you can buy without it. Yeah, I throw the I throw the, the the bladed jig on the same bait that you and I use for throwing plugs on. Same, yeah, same blank. Well, a lot of people do that, but I, I think that's the whole deal. That just slows you down because that fluorocarbon is so sensitive. You just feel that fish so much quicker. But see, with that crankbait rod, you don't feel him as quick, so he gets it better. So it's kind of that same deal. So if I were run into that situation, like I said, I just put some monofilament on there and catch them. Gotcha. Monofilament is cheap. Yeah. You know, six dollars, six hundred yards. <laughs> I mean, think. I mean, you know what? I mean, you know. So I change it every day, but I've caught a lot of fish with a bladed jig on monofilament. You're a line reason. changer. You're changing every day of a derp. Uh, it depends. Yeah, if I'm wine. so typically the rods that I do change every day will be my cranking stuff, winding. Because that line's getting burned a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's fluorocarbon, too. And I don't care whose it is. You need to keep it sprayed. That's the life of your fluorocarbon is spraying it. I use real magic, but some type of line dressing. Yeah. You know we, what I mean? We use line and lure here. Burn. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same, same concept. So the whole deal is just to keep it from burning, you know, burning in it. That fluorocarbon's hard, you know, because, you know, you put it on the reel and it's slick and pretty and clear. You crank with it all day. If you don't dress it, it'll be white and cloudy that afternoon. Yeah, because you burn in and out, in, you know, in and out of the guide. So that putting some line dressing on it really makes it uh, last longer. When do you treat it as you spool? Yeah, I so typically what I do is I spray the spool before I reel it on the reel. Because I always spool my reels out of the box or whatever. You know what I mean? Just with the line in the box, and I pull yeah. off a bolt pools and i'll spray it then and then once i get it on there i always spray it because i know this you spray it on there the night before a good coating of it and then that gives it a chance to dry and it's and you know and it's so the next day it stays on there longer when you're spraying it during the day what i in the perfect world i'll spray it before i move after i've cranked a while if i remember because i'll be honest with you a lot of times in during the derby it's hard for me to shut down to do anything yeah, yeah. you know yeah but uh, it's the spray a little bit when you're moving. And, you know, the other deal is it's great when it's cold and your guys are icing up. It does help, you know. Uh, but it is seems like the light, especially like on that spinner. Rod. Now, I spray my braid and everything because I want everything slick. But, like, that light line on your spinning rod, it just it just seems like it makes everything work better. You don't get as many backlashes. If you do, it seems like you get them out easier. And yeah. it, just, it just helps all in all. Try some line and lure, if you would, because they're going out of business. Like, it's, I mean, yeah, I'm just being real about it. Like, 
they're uh, the some of those big corporate stores are making their own now, and they're not purchasing line and lure anymore. So we need. Yeah, some, we'll have to, so. yeah, it's good stuff. It works too. Uncle Kevy used to use it. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It, it works. That's my sneak sneak. <laughs> hey, are you a doc guy? Are you a doc guy? I like peers. Peers. What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> well, I mean, docks. I like the ones with peers. I don't like the floating docks. Oh, okay, okay, all right. So I thought you were meant the peers are usually the ones with the good restaurants and bars you pull up to. I thought yeah, that ain't a bad deal either. Yeah, the same. Now, like saltwater fishing is really good around those piers. Yeah, the, yeah, the uh, oh, yeah, is that where the Goliath groupers were? Yeah, they were on some piers. <laughs> the big girls. <laughs> that was a best dude. I'm not lying to you. Like that, like it's 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 what's so crazy about it is when you drop in there, there's one side of you that's hoping you don't get a bite because <laughs> it's like, gonna work you. Like, well, yeah, I mean, we got, so I had 400-pound test broke three times. What? So we used straight 400-pound mono, which is big as my pinky, and I would have them on strip and drag, and they would go back through those piers and break the line. What? No turn on. Were you hurting? Pounds. Did it hurt you? Oh, it does. I had hematomas the next day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's not I mean, funny, but. I, I'm just telling you, it's insane. Like, it, it's really. Like, so my first bite was on a Jack Revelle that was alive that weighed 10 pounds. Okay. okay. That's what we used. We used 10 pound bait. For, I never got it out. Six architect. Yeah. 21 alt circle hook. Wow. 20 alt, like literally <laughs> that big around. Three pounds lead. And, <laughs> when I, and the fish is only like 20 foot deep. When I drop down there, he bites it. Feels like a jig bite, just a boop. It's not like anything crazy. Like, they don't bite crazy. They move real slow. Like, it's just, I'm like, there he is. I look back at Kobe and go, I got a bite. He's like, get him, get him. <laughs> and I feel, and when I, and he comes off and he goes, just drop it back down there. He'll get it again. And I thumb the reel and let, the, let it go back down there. And when he gets it, no stopping him. Oh. No stop. Like, I couldn't turn the reel handles. Like, the ones I end up catching, I'd be standing on the back of the boat when they get it. And I'd run to the front and drag them with my body to get them coming. And then he would take the motor and pull them out. And then I'd fight them out in open water. And they were just 150 pounders. But it's insane, dude. They look like a giant largemouth. I mean, it's what they look like. They live like a big largemouth. They just sit down there. That's nuts, dude. I mean, that's a workout. So it it was, but it was, that was a bucket list deal. You know, it was my son's senior trip, Luke. But I, I probably enjoyed it as much or more as he did. <laughs> <'cause it was laughs> so, so it that's was. did like 150 pound fish. What are you? What do you weigh these days? You're in pretty damn good shape these days. You dropped a lot of lbs. Oh. Uh, not that much. I'm, I still probably outweigh that fish a pound or two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I know you ain't a buck fifty, but you're probably like a buck seventy five, eighty five. Yeah, uh, probably a little more than that. I just, I do a good job of hiding it. I don't know. You dropped some pounds. You're going to tell me you haven't? But not everybody thinks, like, literally, it was like 10 or 15 pounds. That was it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just, uh, I guess I just didn't carry my weight well. <laughs> <laughs> you were a little beefier. Yeah, I was a little beefier. I, you, was, probably, I was probably enjoying life a little too much. You know what I mean? That good bass in life. 
playground. <laughs> <laughs> the old playground. <laughs> Thick. But what'd you do? You work out a little bit? Did you eat better? What, what'd you do? Uh, no. Better. You I did like I was like last year I did a bunch of biking. This year I've not done much. Because like they're not they're between the terms last year. You know, I come home and bike every day and this time I came home and I fished every day. <laughs> All right. So I tried to change. And I, I'm not saying I hadn't fell off the wagon some, but I have, you know, changed my diet. And, uh, you know, I'm not as <laughs> what's that Toby Key song? I'm not as good as I once was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll be honest with you, dude. We were when we seen you at the headwater, me and Fighter were like, Man, Hackney looks good. He lost some weight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I, you know, that's the deal. I'm gonna be out there competing against those young bucks. I felt like I needed to do that. Yeah, you gotta be able to uh boat flip them and grab them faster. You know what I mean? That's it. <laughs> do you feel powerful when you boat flip a fish? I mean, like you're the best at it. You just really are. Oh, uh, I just feel like that's an efficient deal. And the quicker you get them in, the less chance they are getting off. Yeah, man. I think that's only like I'm, and and it kind of goes back to that deal of just really getting jacked up. But I'm like, man, the better chances. And I've lost a few boat flip, so I lost two big. Like so, the the last day at Pickwick, oh. Uh, I had two big ones come off on a jig. Like I probably had the chance. I lost a big one on a shaky head too, but I lost two big ones on a jig that morning, that last morning, the third day probably should have had the best. I had the worst bag I had all week. Probably should have had the best just came off, you know, and both of them. Well, one of them, I never had a chance to swing the second one. You know, I say it was a big one, four and a half pounder. I'm, I cranked down on it. I'm just fixing to swing it and it comes off. You know, but I always feel like sometimes I've had a bunch of them come off in the air when you swing them, but a lot of times their forward momentum, you know, brings them on in the boat. And I feel like, you know, that fish was coming off if I'd have tried to lip it. Yeah. You know, times I'm not, if I'm going to lose it, boat flipping it, I was going to lose it anyway. You know, especially with a single hook, that's different with a plug or whatever. But I mean, I, but I still I get a lot it. of them. I mean, I swung, I caught most of my fish at fork on a plug. Them big ones, of course, I, I was throwing an 8.0 on 25-pound fluoro. <laughs> I flipped six-pounders, you know, swing never em. thought anything. You know, use big hooks and big tackle, you know, swing them. Yeah, 100%. Hey, do you think you use straight braid more than a lot of people do, flipping? Uh, I do get that question a lot. I, You know, I, you, you know, bass fishermen are funny, like, and I, and I got little idiosyncrasies, you know, things that I got to do or feel like I need to do, and I feel like a lot of guys that 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 straight braid a lot of times messes with their head. I agree. But here, here's my deal: if I was going to flip a liter, and I was let's say I was going to flip twenty five fluoro and a liter, well, I would have to use thirty or smaller braid because in my mind, like there's no way I can tie fifty or sixty five pound braid to twenty five pound fluoro. Now. I've been fishing the last couple of weeks tying an 80 or a hundred pound leader to 65 pound braid. I don't have a problem doing that, but in my mind, there's just no way I could tie a bigger line to a smaller one. You know what I mean? Okay. Like my leader has to be bigger than my main line is the only way I can do that. Gotcha. So like you... I, here's my deal. Why not just use straight 25? Like that's what I do. Cause I only have one knot to me because you, you know, you, I understand it with the spinning rod 
And another thing is a spinning rod doesn't put as near as much pressure on your line as a bait caster. Right. Well, when you start, you start now we've got two knots. It's almost like a Carolina rig. You, you know what I mean? We got all these knots and I don't, I'm like, if I'm going to use fluoro, just use straight fluoro. I think straight fluoro is stronger than it would be if I tied it to braid. Because now I got a no stretch line tied to one with stretch. That's a lesser poundage. I don't know. Mentally, I just couldn't do it. And I, like I said, I just use straight fluoro if I want to use 25 or 20. And then, but I like straight braid. I don't, I don't think like so many times, I don't think it deters bites. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times I could get by with flipping straight braid and I'm using fluoro because it changes the rate of fall. You, you know what I mean? Like fishing shallow with a quarter ounce slip sinker and you put it on 20 pound fluoro, you'll get a totally different fall rate out of that rig than you would if I tied that on 50 pound braid, it's going to fall straight down and fast. hundred percent. Yeah, I get that. You know, for like plinking around up shallow bed and fish. A lot of times I feel like I can get by with a little bigger weight if I use fluorocarbon, which makes me more efficient. But yet the bait still falls slow because that line's got drag to it. And fluorocarbon a lot of times will make the bait spiral. You know what I mean? It won't fall straight down. I do. It'll cause the bait to slide, which is a more natural presentation. But in that same situation, if I'm pitching over in something, and I want my bait to go straight out. I'll just use the braid, you, you know. So I just have it. Just depends on the situation, but yeah, that's man. good. That's yeah. good. That's good stuff. I just don't. I understand it on the little line. I just I, I can't you know I can't grasp it on the big line. Why do you like, got two flip sticks? Why do you have a braid flip stick and a floral flip stick? Why can't you just use that that seven, eleven, or eight footer with the twenty pound I can't floral? So I can pitch 25 on that 7-Eleven, but I'm going to break 20. Really? It's too much rod. Wow. Yeah. And then the other deal is, here's my deal. I want that When I'm fishing a bait, I want that smaller rod because it'll slow me down when I'm crawling. Okay? So more times than not, when I'm pitching that 7-Eleven, I'm pitching over in something. I'm fishing straight up and down. So I'm not fishing the bait. The rod's a little stiff. I'm not fishing it back to me. I'm just fishing straight up and down with it. Where the, a lot of times with that seven six, it's a little bit softer. It's more of a a heavy to light heavy. You know what I mean? Like I do. It's got tip on it. I cast the worm on it. You know, I do some other stuff with it too. It's a more all purpose rod, plinking. But I fish my bait a lot on it. You know, and I also can flip twenty on it. Don't worry about breaking. But I put twenty pound fluoro on that seven eleven. It ain't gonna work. Because here's the other deal. I could lighten up on my hook set, but. How fun would that be? <laughs> not in none at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, the big. There's a reason for using the big rod so you can swing it hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. <laughs> hey, all right. Well, thank you. Like, we're getting to know you. We're getting to know you. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Hey, uh, you like horror movies? I do. Like, what's your deal? Like, what's your your horror sci-fi stuff. Like, what do you like? Yeah. Like, I take, I don't like those movies where the people's head spins. I'm not big on that or where something, <laughs> there's a demon in the attic. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> monster movies where the monsters eat up. Like giant crocodiles or Jaws or, you know, the Meg. You yeah. know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's more predator. You know, those are the movies. But like that mess where they open a box of pictures in the ceiling 
and you know all of a sudden somebody's running across the ceiling, ceiling with their head spinning. I'm not big on that. I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah, but that's not. Oh. But you want uh, you want some predators type deal. Yeah, I want something that's coming out of the bushes eating everybody up. Yeah, you know that's more. Are you on Stranger Things? You watch Stranger Things? Uh, I have not watched the the new ones fixing to come out. It's the out. Last yeah, it's out. It's out. You have not watched. Don't say anything. I won't. You have not. Okay. Yeah. yeah please. Not, please watch it. So I will tell you this. I did some. I tell you one of my favorite shows is Peaky Blinders. Like I binge. What I've not watched the last, the new episodes yet. Okay. But I binge the other. So my my sons got me into it. They're like, oh yeah, you ought to watch it. So I sat down and watched it. And I was like, I got into it. And the next thing you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. I went through twenty episodes. <laughs> 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 The whole Netflix deal is horrible yeah. because I want to watch everything. Well, I'll just wait till everything comes out and then just sit and watch one after another. They got you. They got you. Binge watch everything. Oh, it's an on-demand society, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you Star Wars freak? I am. Who's, who's your guy? I just, I just watched the last, uh, I guess last night, the last episode of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, okay. You enjoyed it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, you know, the, I, I think the ones like the Boba Fett deal and the Obi-Wan Kenobi, like I've watched all those, they're a little on the light side, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Yeah, they're they're, they're not quite as action-packed as, you know, like one of the movies. Yeah, and the movies get darker. Is Obi-Wan Kenobi a little darker? I haven't seen... Uh, no, but it's it's going back in time and showing when... Uh, He's protecting Luke when Luke was a like seven or eight years old, ah. and Leia was seven or eight years old, and uh, and it's when right when Anakin became Darth Vader. That's in the time that it's playing. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, are you like who's your favorite classic Star Wars character? Like Han Solo. Yeah, me too. Like Han Solo is just cool AF. Is you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like and even like, it, like the Marlboro Man. You know what I mean? Like back in the day. Yeah, you know? dude. Like you know, he's the one going to the disco and pulling in the babes. You know what I mean? No, no doubt. Yeah. He had that flair about it. Yeah, yeah. And and like in real life, dude, he is a badass in real life. Do you know that about him? Yeah, Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like he, dude, he's a, actually a pilot in real life. And like they've taken numerous planes away from him because he'll just go save random people. Like in, and then they're like, ah, you shouldn't be flying in this. And then they take his plane. And he's like, I don't care. I'll buy another one. And he just flies like an outlaw. It's real. <laughs> he dude. can afford. Yeah, yeah. It's real. He, he, I mean, dude, he's a badass. Real life. Look it up. Look that stuff up. So, on a side note, have you seen the latest Top Gun? No, I haven't. You need to. Okay, okay. Yeah, you need to. All right. Yes. You, you said on a sad note. It's a fun movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will see I mean, it. We just on so on so we went on the boat the I guess the day before the fourth, and then on the fourth we uh, went to see Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. My kids loved it. Uh, I like the first ones better. You know how some movies, 
it's hard to the for the second or third or whatever to compare to the first one. Uh, to me, Jurassic Park was yeah, I like it. It's 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 hard to surprise me now. I'm with you there sense. too. Yeah, I think they did what they 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 kind of they jumped it. You know, whatever. Yeah, it's it's all but good. The, I will say the Top Gun movie, I, I feel like, was as good or better than the first one. Really? So, okay. Okay. Yeah, I still have not it, seen it. Yeah, you need to. Thor is out can, Friday. Thor comes out Friday. Oh. Yeah. Going to see that one. I'm kind of a movie buff. <laughs> nice. You, like, okay, so I know you told me before you love Alien versus Predator. Like, and, and uh, those, those. We need an, you know what I mean? I'm like, come on. Yeah. I'm like, it's. I see there's some type of alien deal coming out on Hulu. I can't there? remember what, like where they were killing. Like it's a, I don't know if it was a series or a movie, but the predator was uh, not alien was predator was, uh, working over the American Indians. Aha. Uh-huh. I was like, well, I'm gonna have to get me a Hulu subscription so I can check that out. <laughs> so in alien versus predator, are you alien or predator? No, I'm all predator. You're all predator. So, when Arnold Schwarzenegger was after the Predator, I was all Predator. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Old school Predator. So, like, let's yeah. say it was Alien versus Predator in BASS. You're the Predator. Who's the alien out of the Elite series? I don't know. I can't say that. Why not? You're the one that's chirping everybody under your breath. That's right. Got to keep it under my breath. <laughs> You're something else. <laughs> well, we knew you'd be the predator. We know you're you're dang you're a dang bassin predator. You just you snap. Yeah, you it. know, if I could come back as anything, that's what I'd want to come back as the predator. A hundred percent. You win every derp. Win every damn derp. And you like Han Solo. I mean Han Solo's the coolest. Yeah. The damn coolest. I mean will it be to have, you know, a Wookiee? As your sidekick. Absolutely. <laughs> he walks around with a Semrate with Sasquatch. Well, you have that. That's Jake, uh, That's uh, Jacob Poroznik. He's like a Wookiee for you. You're like Han Solo. Uh, what character he would be? He would be more maybe Jabba the Hutt. Uh, oh goodness gracious! I could just see him eating cans of spam, and then there's a woman in the bikini, gold bikini, like Princess Leia. He's got her on. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Reach that big old paw over and get him a big handful of bullfrogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see it. I could see him dipping in the jar, snatching and some bullfrogs. Cigarette. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm only, I'm uh, I'm learning a lot about you. Uh, I'm going to tell you something about you you don't know. You want to know this? Okay. So yep. there's been a lot of well, let me let me put it this way. What do you think of Mick Jagger? I like Mick Jagger. Yeah, I mean he's an iconic yeah. rock figure, right? Nope. Yeah, and and he said ages ago he couldn't get no satisfaction. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ever feel like Mick? You ever feel like Mick? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I've ever been satisfied. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. There's always a burning desire. Always. Yeah. In everything I do. Do you you relate? I do relate. Yeah. 
So I think he knew what, uh, what he was saying. But here's what you don't know about you. There's been a lot of famous musicians in history that have written songs about you. Greg Hackney. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Mick Jagger was not one of them. But I just thought I'd bring that up. But here are some famous lyrics written about you. Okay? And you have to tell us what exactly these artists meant when they wrote these lyrics about you. <laughs> Okay, so I, I need. There's no passing on this. You have to put the thinking cap on. Pretend it's day four of the Elite Series. All you need is six pounds to win. That's all you need. That's all you need, and you got this. Okay. So uh, the the first one is, um, which could be your theme song, and that's uh, Godzilla. Okay, by Blue Oyster Cult. Did you know that was written about you? I did not, but yeah. I do know the song. Yeah, the first line is with a purposeful grimace and a menacing smile. A purposeful grimace and a menacing smile. With a purposeful grimace and a menacing smile. Dun -dun 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 -dun. Greg Hackney. What is uh? What does that mean? Uh, that would be uh, Russellville, Arkansas, two thousand and four. <laughs> wow okay <laughs> well it's hard to get that you know i kind of you know that's one of those deals that just seems like it never goes away <laughs> yeah yeah okay the old arkansas deal 2004 yeah, that's where it was yeah it all started it all started there purposeful purposeful grimace <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good uh over jacked during that deal you said what, bud? I said I might have been a little overjacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a classic. That was a classic one. I mean, it's a historical moment, Greg. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever wake up in your sleep and scream it? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> uh, do you, wake, you wake up and what do you scream when you wake up? Nothing about Godzilla? No, never, never since then. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever said. Maybe today when I said Godzilla is the first time I've said it since. <laughs> Dude, it's Bass history. We love it as Bass fans. I don't care. It's like you are so jacked up that like, dude, it's amazing. Did you see the remix we did on Stray Cast? The Hackney Then and Now? Go watch it. Go watch it on there. It's good. No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, we did it to Godzilla. You'll like it. You'll like it. Led Zeppelin, Robert Plant, he wrote lyrics about you, too. He said, there are two paths you can go by, but in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. What did he mean? What's that about your life? You know, Stairway to Heaven. I would uh, I would think that was probably my change in about 2020. Okay. You made a little, uh, you took the other path. I took the other path. Yeah. Worked out pretty good for you so far. So far, and it's been enjoyable. But you're not satisfied. Not satisfied, but it has been enjoyable. I'm very happy about my road that I chose. Uh, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one here. We're happy you're back, too, by the way. Uh, this is a good one. And you love Pearl Jam. I know that. We uh, we learned this uh, We learned this before about you. It's uh, This is from the song Animal. Animal. Eddie Vedder wrote this about you. Are you an animal? It says, uh, why would you want to hurt me? 
so frightened of your pain. What was he writing that about you? Why would you want to hurt me so frightened of your pain? How does that relate to bass fishing? Oh, that's just what the bass do to you because they're cold-blooded. Oh, they perch it, don't they? Cold-blooded, cold-hearted. They, cold they know? are cold-blooders. Yeah, they, uh, they, no matter what you think you know, you don't know it, do you? You don't. It's stupid. You learn. Stupid. You ever listen to Jerry Reed? Not in a long time. <laughs> but you remember old Jerry Reed, I- bud. Yeah, he had a uh, he had a song. It's called Amos Moses. You know, we remember old Amos Moses. Oh, yeah, hit him on the head with a stump. That's right, and that's the thing. He said uh, he uh, he hunted alligators down in the bayou, and uh, and he hit him in the head with a stump. How does that relate to you? Now that's kind of what I've been doing with the saltwater fishing lately. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> A lot more blood and gore in the saltwater fishing. <laughs> now, there, there is. There is a lot more uh, uh, a lot more uh, blood and guts. It is a lot more blood and guts. <laughs> now, this is a this one. I didn't know Cardi B wrote a song about you. This is that WAP song. Yeah. I, oh, God. Yeah. I don't know what that would relate to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't know. It's uh, It says... Uh, um, Bring a bucket, mop it up, give me everything you got. Extra large and in charge. That's from WAP, About You, by Cardi B. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) How's How's that about you? Maybe my classic experiences, I don't know. Okay, your experience. You're an experienced man. Bring a bucket and mop it up. Hackney's in town. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Oh, Oasis. You told us last time you like Oasis, too. God. Today is going to be the day that I bring it all back to you. What's that bass fishing? Oh, well, that's probably me just, uh, you know, like when I'm listening to that, I'm just rolling down the highway. Rolling down the highway. Just rolling down the highway. Just rolling down the highway. But what's the bassin' thoughts? Today is going to be the day that I bring it all back to you. What is that? Man, I'm hoping day one at the St. Lawrence. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're going to bring it all back to us bassin' fans, aren't you? Back. Yeah, yeah, that would be the good. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. You know that Creedence Clearwater band, the uh, John I, John Fogarty. They got that born. Yeah, they got that born on the Bayou song, and uh, it says, "When I was just a little boy, sitting on my daddy's knee, he said, son, don't let that man get you and do what he done to me.' What's that mean?" <laughs> It could mean several different things. What's it mean to you? Probably, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what you, you you got any life lessons? What'd your pa teach you? The uh, I guess I need to stay on the right side of the law. Okay. I like you towed the line a little, did you? 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Me too. I've probably been known to run that line before, just teeter totter. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I stay on the right side. Okay. Good for you. Good in, for you. In recent years, I have stayed on the right side. Yeah. It's sometimes it's not as much of a challenge anymore as it used to be to tow, to tow the line. Really not. Now there might have been a time where I might have, you know, but now it's not a. I stay on the right side. I relate. Very good answer, Mr. Hackney. Very good answer. We're learning about you. You're opening up a little bit. Maybe next year when we have you on, you'll open up more. You're yeah. you're breaking down a little in your old age. You know, supposedly as you get older, you lose your filter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but now you now you got a quiet filter. You just whisper uh, uh, obscenities. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm. I'm like, I probably don't need to get rid of my filter. That would be good. <laughs> All right. Speaking of no filter, this is the last exercise in futility for the evening to finally learn about Greg Hackney. And I'm going to give you an angler's name, and you need to say the first thing that pops to your mind. Don't hold back. First thing that pops to your mind about anglers. Ginger, what do you got for us on this one? Oh, I like it. A good old-fashioned. A little, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Greg Hackney closing the show with a what pops up kind of deal. We learned he did a Cialis uh, seminar. Lots of things popped up on that one. But this time, Greg's going to tell us exactly what pops to his mind when we say these anglers' names. The first angler, Greg, is Mr. Bill Dance. Mr. William Dance. My face bass fishing. The what? The face of bass fishing. The face of bass fishing. I love it. I love it. Well-known bass fisherman of all times. Mr. Bill Dance. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky Green. Ricky Green. Ricky Green fishing machine. I just, I remember the first one of those. It was a Cajun. Yeah. It was a Cajun bass boat. Ricky Green fishing machine. Heck yeah, bud. He was a badass. I've uh, not seen him in a long time, but uh, I, I grew up fishing red man's against Keith Green. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Now, Ricky is passed. He's passed. Okay. I, I, I had thought so. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Lee. Uh, Elliot from E.T. <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> Ricky Clun. Uh, the greatest of all times. Greatest of all time. Nothing else to say. Yeah. Um, Mark Zona. Just a hot mess. Hot freaking mess. Hundred percent. A hot mess. Uh, KJ Queen. Uh, he's got a long boat. <laughs> the longest boat on the Elite Series. That's what she said. <laughs> KJ that Queen. <laughs> Five foot long. It's like <laughs> an antique Cadillac when you see him coming. With all he needs is a set of bull horns on the end of it. Like <laughs> you see him rolling down in that that thirty five foot bass boat of his. That's badass. Uh, <laughs> Corey Johnston, like a a small wrestler. A small wrestler. You, you know what? It would be great if he would show up at the weigh-ins like those, like those Mexican wrestlers wear that hood. Oh, yes. Yeah. He needs. Yeah. He needs. All freaking oiled up in a hood. I mean, uh, yes. Like, 
gumps up on the stage with his mask on. Yes. That's, yes. that's perfect for Saturday night, Corey. No doubt about it. Good one. <laughs> Jacob Wheeler. I mean, honestly, maybe going to rank up there as top five best that's ever played the game. He catches fish. Dude, it is what it is. Proof's in the pudding. Catches fish. Seth Fighter. Cool, man. Like like he ought to ride into the way in on a motorcycle. Love it. He just hair, made his hair dance. flowing. <laughs> Tommy freaking Sanders. Greatest voice in bass fishing. Ever. 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 Smooth. Ever. I mean, so smooth. Ever. Yeah. You're yeah. smooth, Hackney. You're smooth AF, bro. I'm liking the eight like you I'm I'm liking the use of the AF. <laughs> I'm a big, big fan of that. Uh, thank you. Like I will tell you that like Zona keyed me in on that deal. And I'm like, you know what? I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, we say it on the South Side. It can it comes from here like when we want to swear in church. You know? Right. Yeah, it works well <laughs> for us. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, you got three derbs left. Three derbs. You're going to see us Yankees. How you feeling about the Yankee Rose? Hey, you know, the cool thing is, like, I'll, the as many times as we've been to the St. Lawrence, this will be the first time I've, like, spent any time in the lake okay. much. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that just because I'm going to get to see some new water, places I've never fished before. You know, I've never, we've, I've never been out of Clayton. So this is new. So I'll get to spend all my practice, you know, like in different areas from normal. I like that. And then we're going to Mobridge, South Dakota, again, as a new place, basically. Yeah. Because we were two and a half hours south last time. So we're going to a new body. It's almost like we got two bodies of water. And honestly, the Mississippi River at La Crosse is one of my favorite places to fish, period. So uh exciting times you know i gotta ask you this i gotta ask you here check this out now give me an unbiased answer on the and we'll 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 leave it with this um top threes for the remaining three derbs so top three for new york top three for dakota top three for wisconsin minnesota wherever it is you mean the weights no no the top three players who's finishing the top three Who's the guys? Oh, well, you know, uh, Corey and Chris will be definitely be favorites at uh, at the St. Lawrence. Okay, who's you another know? one? Throw another guy in. the. Th- oh, typically, man, Fiber catches them every time we go up there. Okay, he does. Yeah. He always finishes in the top ten or better. You know what I mean? Like, he's really, even though he's not from that, you know what I mean? I like, do. It must be similar type fishing to Minnesota. You know, because he seems like he just really understands that place. Yeah, uh, I got gotcha. you. There's three there. How about Dakota? Dakota. You, you know, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. Because it's going to be a lot of guys first time there. You know what I mean? Like, it's like going to be new to everybody. You know, I know a few guys. The only thing I heard was a few guys went out there and pre-fished and said it was, it was stupid how good it was. You know? I don't know. It'd be hard to pick. Charlie Hartley. <laughs> I wish. I wish, Charlie. Well, here's the deal. This is what we don't know. So, uh, dominantly, 
the St. Lawrence will be dominated by chances are finesse fishing. Okay. Not that the guys that finish in the top 10 power fishing, when we go to South Dakota, we don't really know. Will it be a power fishing deal? Will it be a, you know what I mean? I, I, I kind of get a feeling in my mind it could be a power fishing deal. It may not be a deal where a guy goes out there and just, you know, wants to shell the bites. It might be a deal where you can wind something around or something and catch some big ones. I, like I don't know. I'm pretty excited about that place. Just the last time we were there, it, it didn't fish very good. We, it, there was an eight, the water was really high. The wind blew literally, it blew the building off the top off the building and where I stayed at. Yikes. The wind blew so and turned the place to mud. And it just really jacked up a lot of it. Who so won that like one again? Who was the who won that? Mark Daniels Jr. Oh, that's right. That's right. On the Ned rig. Here, he caught them pretty good, but I don't feel like he caught what was there, if that makes sense, because I think we were there just to really everything lined up wrong. That bad weather, the lake being high, it it was it, it muddied up so much of it and it wouldn't clean up. There were just miles of it that was unfishable. Yeah. And I this time we're going to be there. That's a better time of the year to be there. I feel like it's going to be really good. You know, I mean, looking forward be, to it, actually looking forward yeah, to that one. I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. Mississippi uh, river. Talk to me. Top three. I'd have to pick Prosnick. You know, the last, seems like the last time we were there in a Bassmaster, he finished second behind ish. Uh, who else would be, I mean, dang man, you about got to pick Seth again because you know, he about won. I can't remember. We've been there several times. He yeah. about won the second place. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Fishing the Carolina rig. I yeah, and he was swimming a white jig. He was yeah. locking up, yeah. you know, to uh, pool seven. Uh, hmm. I don't know if we have any. Um. Why didn't you pick you? You got Why aren't you the third guy? I just like to be surprised. <laughs> I just like pleasantly surprised. <laughs> That's the predator's trick. He <laughs> surprises the bass. That's right. That's what you do, dude. Did you ever think think about this? Put put this to perspective here, Greg. Twelve year old Greg Hackney, Arkansas River, watching Mister Scott and Rick Clun. And then, and it leads to this. It leads to this, like where you are now in bass fishing. It's crazy to think of, you know, because I grew up in uh, well a town that still has about two thousand people in it, rural America, and to have a chance and you know to travel the country and be a professional bass fisherman as a dream as a little kid, it, it's pretty unbelievable, honestly. Yeah, because when I look back on it, like. There were so many guys that were, you know, my heroes growing up, and I've got to talk to most all of them on a one to face to face, one to one, and had conversation. That's a cool thing in itself. Yeah, you know, dude, as crazy I mean, as it sounds, you're one of our heroes. You really are. Well, I appreciate that. I, <laughs> but maybe I shouldn't tell you all about me then. So <laughs> no, we want to know that. Believe me. <laughs> but you, you really are. You are an iconic figure. In bass fishing, twelve-year-old you, man, he loves you. He loves you right now. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I just love to fish. You know what I mean? Like as a kid, I just love to fish. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And about 
when and I'll, I'll never forget that. And Clem wins forty. I'm like, oh my gosh, he won forty thousand dollars for winning that classic in '84. Nuts, dude. Mr. And Scott's like, dream. Mr. Scott's dream. You know how little kids, like, you know, so many times, like little kids have little dreams that don't ever work out. Well, this one did. <laughs> yeah, dude. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? It is. Man, I mean, you know, I guess that just, you know, you make your own bliss, you know? You live your dreams. If you want to do something, you just do it. You know? Yeah, it's and it's better that way. It really is better that way. And anybody can do it. Anyone can well, do what they want to do. You only go around once, so you might as well go all the way around. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and then and then the highlight ever of your Bassin career, hands down, we learned tonight, Cialis Seminars. Hacking. Yeah. I mean, milestone. Talk about the hard rod. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. Well, and, and just amazing time as usual, Greg. We uh, we wish you the best of luck on the final three. I'll see you at the uh, at the Mississippi River, and I'll bring you one of them wood plugs. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you you'll like it. You might want to shelf it. You'll be like, I'm gonna save this one. This one. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I always enjoy it. It's always a good time. Yeah, it's been a long time, dude. Like I was thinking about that today. Like 11 years ago was the first time I had you on that radio show. That's wild, man. The time goes so fast. Ain't it? Ain't it? Yeah, you and I were yapping about St. Clair. I'm like, go fish for Buckethead. Screw them brown fish. And then, uh, yeah, that's, then you went and fished for Bucketheads just because I told you to. There's the only reason yep. why. It's the only reason why. That was a fun, that was a fun tournament. <laughs> hey, dude, you're awesome. Good luck. Uh, and just keep kicking ass. Uh, we look forward to many more years of uh, of watching you swing biggins right onto the deck. All right, good, and I'll see you uh, see you at the Mississippi. Absolutely, Bass Galaxy, give it up. That's Craig Hackney. He's the hack attack right there. Yes, Woo! I loved it. You know a lot about Craig Hackney now. What do you think? Hey, uh, what do you say? We put the power poles down, uno momento, and we come back with some uh, tantalizing. Tackle Talk uh, with Polish Pete from Omnia Fishing. And we're going to give away the uh, 10 Cup Whiskey Prize Pack. All that and a uh, bag of uh, Joey Donuts. Put the power poles down. We're coming right back. Up your game. It has been said that professionals are only as good as the tools they work with. And Alpha Angler has developed the ultimate set of tools for you, the competitive angler. Alpha Angler Custom Rods, brought to fruition by the passion of Master Craftsman Jake Boomer and 2017 BASS Angler of the Year Brandon Palinick. Alpha Angler Rods are custom made in the USA, designed and engineered to be perfect. Alpha Angler utilizes a very unconventional approach to making the very best bass rods, from drop shotting to flipping. Alpha Angler's focus is on building perfectly balanced tournament grade bass rods at an affordable price. Join the Alpha Lusion today and purchase direct at alphaangler.com. Step up your game, alphaangler.com. Bite me! It's a command to the fish. Quality jig heads with quality components. The tried and true tackle like the big dude Gobi head, the hunter or Jacob head. Or all-new tackle like the jackpot net head or buster swim bait head. Bite me! 
It's a command to the fish. Get the let out and visit VikingTackle.com today. Welcome back to the smooth sounds. Straight cast, the glorified version of a Bassin talk show. Welcome to the Midnight Show. I'm Pat Rimlick, your host, and uh, pretty excited to bring to you from a bunker somewhere in the barrio of Minnesota. Give it up for Omnia Fishings and the Bass Galaxy's very own Polish Pete Prispiora pontificating. Yes. What's up, bud? How you doing, buddy? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm you doing look good. good. You look good. You 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 look more like a Linder every time you come on this show, and that's yeah, right. it's, it's my goal. It's, it's a compliment. It's a compliment. <laughs> Thank you very Le- much. Learn to do the thing with your hat. You know, Al's thing with the hat. What's that? Where he grabs the hat. You just think. Oh, look at you, freaking Linder. <laughs> Dang Linder. It's in your blood. Welcome back. It's been a while, dude, since we had it, you. It has been a while. It's been a wild summer so far. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, and uh, you're just busy as a uh, as a beaver. Yeah, yeah, I did not expect to be this crazy this time of year, but we, we are. We're we're jamming right now. Yeah, I mean, and uh, people are uh, are getting baits, and people are bassing. There's a yeah, lot of people. That that's the thing about bass fishing and fishing in general. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. That's that's why you see all these hunting companies and private equity coming all these business people out there trying to get in uh, to the fishing markets. Cause uh, it don't matter how much gas is. It doesn't matter what the economy does. We're going to go fishing. No matter what we're going bassing. We're going that's like you, 100%. because you can't stop us. It's like, right. it's like, it's like crack cocaine, you know? Yep. Like, I mean, dude, like it, it gets them hooked. Yep. That 100%. bass fishing gets them hooked. It's something yep. else. So with that being said, let's spend about 40 minutes now talking about just tackle storage systems. And then let's take a bunch <laughs> of compartments and make different size compartments in 3,700 boxes for the next 40 minutes. You want to do that? Sounds like a plan. Ah, let's that. not do that. But let's do something else. Let's talk about our favorite baits. Okay. Our favorite baits that we've been catching fish on this year in 22 what what did you just look at what did you just do i i i had i had, I had stragglers running through my house right now I, <laughs> I saw you out of the corner of your eye there pretty awesome but oh, yeah. i want I, I brought up tackle storage because i want to show you this pete now this is actually my tackle storage system from the deck of the crest liner and oh, awesome this is a tin cup cup now i this i hooked this right on the hydro wave it's got that little grommette Right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. A little carabiner. It, yeah. Carabiner. Yes. From the Pirates of the Carabiner Part 3. Donnie Depp's not coming back. But it's oh. right on my hydrowave. I hook it right there. Okay. And that's like what I keep the baits in that I'm using the day. For real. Okay. It, it keeps it still right there. And I just took this out of the boat. So this is yeah. what I've been using as of late. Yeah. Just to, just to clarify... When we talked earlier, that's what that's what I did. I, I literally walked in the door here. I was stuck late at a meeting, and I just grabbed the rods that were on the deck of my boat. So it's the actual baits that I've been fishing with. Nice, I like it. I, I like yeah. it. And these are and these again are the baits that, that I, like basically right out of my boat. You got the yep. stuff right out of your boat. Correct. Um, I mean, and and I don't know. Let's just start with. I got some spinner baits in my hand. Like, okay. And and these. 
This one happens to be um, a custom one. It's got a, okay. a copper blade on it I had for literally 10 years, Pete. It's got oh. a little copper Indiana blade. It's got a red uh, kicker blade, and I've gone through about literally 15 or 20 Gold War Eagle frames in the 3.8s. And wow. Yeah, this is that pond scum perch color uh, skirt, and I put that little black double tail spinnerbait trailer behind it. Yeah, the little twin tail, yeah. Yeah, and to me, that's a that's a bluegill in a lot of the dirty crap that I fish. This gotcha. is a this is a brim or a bluegill, and I think the bass think it is too because they just eat it. They eat it around here. That's why I I go through so many frames uh, of this. And fact be known, like I'm, I, I thank you God that I still have this blade. When this thing breaks, I've <laughs> been getting the correct part back. <laughs> if yeah. you guys know what I mean about yeah, about special spinner baits. All right, you'll well, like this one, Pete. Now this yeah. one is. A uh, another war eagle type, but it's the hammered, the hammered one. Okay. Uh, with the gold uh, or with the silver willow, what? Uh, that's a number six or seven, and then the Colorado, and then this is a skirt that I stole off a of Bassman spinnerbait. Nice. Yeah, it's that. I actually stole it from Seth. It's that new uh, fighter shad. Yeah, uh, I was about to show you the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to get those Bassman spinnerbaits. I don't have any. I'm gonna order. Mm-hmm. I need. I need some uh, 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 chatter. Uh, I need some chocolate glizzy trailers and and Bassman spinnerbaits. Now, yep. Pete, show everybody that back arm, please. That yep. the arm from the head. No, from the head to the line tie. If you yep. notice on that Bassman spinnerbait, it's super short. Oh like, yeah, it's, it's super short. super short. Yeah, it don't roll, and and also. I, I don't know this. I'm just and I, and we're not sponsored by any spinner bait right now. For the, sure. But the the deal is, I hear those don't break. Can you testify no. on that? Uh, that's that's been the big deal with them, right? The people that have been fishing around. So it's uh, the especially the compact one. Uh, uh, even up here, in my neck of the woods, we don't get as much super dirty water. Uh, we get that kind of perfect spinner bait water in the spring. It's it's not super clear but that greenish colored water. And that's what he really designed this color for, but these, you can boat flip fish with, you can fish like heavier line. Like I got 20 pound floral on yeah. this and you can just target fish them similar to the way you would like skipping a chatterbait or a swim jig or something like that. Fire it next to stumps and lay downs and stuff like that. Sure, and just sure. Literally rip fish out of cover. Ginge, uh, you got those. And do you have some of those bass mans? You got some, Ginger? Yeah, I use that quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. And those yeah, have like a, those McClellan blades, very right? Very so, yeah. Yeah. There's a few different designs. Yep. This this one does have that turtle-style mag willow blade or whatever. Bunch of different names for it. But, Tortoise, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can you can basically boat flip them with this with a pretty stiff, stout rod. And uh, I, I've been enjoying this thing a lot this spring. So it's got um, good vibration as well, guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a great little bait. It's It's... You know, fighters stated it a while ago, and I hate giving him credit for anything uh, when he's (laughs) busting my chops, but I've been struggling. I've, I almost never was a spinnerbait guy, right? I missed that era where it was really jamming on everything. And I, when I got into bass fishing already, the swim jig was kind of coming to prominence and everywhere my friends would throw a spinnerbait. I'd throw a, a swim jig with just different trailers, depending if I wanted more thump or anything like that. And, uh, I've been struggling the last couple of years with a with a 
swim jig. I just it's just not a numbers confidence bait for me anymore. It's losing its luster and for whatever reason that spinnerbait's just kind of taking its You know place what the reason again. is? The yeah. gosh dang uh chocolate glizzy and the green glizzy chatter chickens catch so many freaking fish. The chatterbait <laughs> catches so many fish, the jackhammer. It's so damn it good. Does. I it, I, it I have it trouble. Is. I love swim jigs. I love spinnerbaits. Yep. I still catch fish on both of them. I catch more fish on on a jackhammer than anything. Yep. Right now. Yeah, and on that note, uh, I've been running this thing lately. Oh. Uh, what you got? Yeah. What you uh, this got? Thing's, this is a little treat from your buddies over there at uh, at at uh, Berkeley. Oh, see, I don't even have those yet. You got the yeah, you yeah. got the slodge pocker. Yeah, this is the slobber knocker. Yeah. So I've been throwing this thing just a little bit. The last I caught the kind of the tail end of the spawn when I got them. Then uh, maybe in the spawn, uh, but like kind of the tail end of the spawn. Uh, but as the grass has come up, this thing's been. Uh, I will tell you, for all you uh, chatterbait purists out there, uh, it's a great bait in the grass. Uh, it is. Matt Robertson caught him. Yeah. So Seth and I were on the, the jackhammer. Yeah, yeah. And Robertson uh, stole some of those when the Berkeley guys weren't looking. Yeah. And he, li- I, all, no, no kidding, all honest to God truth here, he caught as many fish as we did in grass. Yeah, in grass. In I think grass. that's the deal with this thing. And I'm going to be, I'll straight shoot everybody. I think the deal with this thing is straight up grass, grass. Um, it is a vibrating. Like, you know, with a lot of non jackhammer bladed jigs, you fire it in the grass and you got to keep ripping and ripping and ripping and get like a pocket to run it to get the blade to start smacking. This thing will smack it plows in through the grass. It, it while plows you're through it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're ripping it. You feel that blade just smacking. So um, no big startup runs with this thing to get the blade to go um the power the skirts made a power bait so it stinks it's mm-hmm. it's pretty it's a pretty cool mm-hmm. little bait uh and then i got the the power bait the the what is this thing a power stinger trailer yeah, i was throwing that the yep, other day yep, i like it yeah yeah so it's got a honeycomb tail the plastic's honeycombed out so it, it what's great is it doesn't thump hard and throw kind of the take the the head action of the blade out like a lot of like boot tails do and that makes the bakes come up in the water column you can keep this thing sort of deep with like this trailer and they have both sides they have 3.5 yeah. and 4.5 in there yeah yeah i've been really impressed with this this bait to be honest it's a, it's nice uh, it is it's it's a good bait in their lineup i think people are gonna be really impressed if they can get their hands on the, the only thing i would would have done uh if i was the scientist which i'm, yeah. I'm really not a scientist i might look like a scientist but i'm not pete but I would have made the 3.5 size have the porpoise tail, so flat. Oh, the flat tail, yeah. yeah flat. Like the magic shaft. Yes, from, sir. Uh, yes, sir. And then, and then I would have made the 4.5 have the uh, the fishy tail. I, 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 it's a good call out. Yeah, I I like that Lake Fork, Chad, so uh, I, I'm with you on that. But uh, I'm going to tell you, I did try the 3.5 mm-hmm. uh, behind the uh, jackhammer the other yep. day. And I caught just as many fish as I did nice. on my usual thing. So it takes me like, I mean, I think that's that's something that's very real. Even if there's a lot of anglers out there that are sponsored by certain companies, but sometimes we don't have the confidence in other baits. For sure. So we use other lures. But yeah. here's the thing. Oh, yeah. We do build that confidence. So like, for example, I built my confidence in that new Berkeley trailer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and well, that's, I don't need to throw a lake fork anymore. I'm just being real because I, yeah, I like no. that. 
I, I will tell you that honestly, they, they hooked me up with some of them to try them because I was kind of giving them the speech of like, guys, it's another blade of jig that like, you know, that that's not going to be a jackhammer. And they're like, try it, try it. We've worked really hard on it. And I'll, I'm going to tell you right now, no one's, I, I'm very confident. Everybody wants to get their hands on is going to say exactly what I said. Things a ripper in the grass. I don't it have is, it yet. It, I it saw is, Maddie smash them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not a joke. It's, it's the real deal. It, it, it comes to the grass. Insanely well, good. I got a green glizzy in here. This uh, is uh that's a, a jackhammer. Yep. And that's the green uh, glizzy special color. I want Omnia mm-hmm. special colors, by the way. <laughs> all right. So, all right, we're going to try this. The, the, and that's uh, that slobber knocker that you have is in that new shad color. And I like that. Yep. That's nice. Yep. Without a doubt. That's real nice. Hey, um, guess what? I got some pl- I got some plugs in here. I was shocked yeah. that you'd have some plugs. I, I yeah. got some plugs in here. And um, I have a topwater plug and three crankbaits. I want you to guess... The three crankbaits, and I want you to guess the topwater plug. Okay? Go ahead, Pete. Mm. All right. Three crankbaits, I'd say Fritz side. Yeah. An old Bagley. Okay. And, uh, wow. Um, you got some weird, like, Indiana flat side. Some No, no, nothing old... like that at all. I got a Fritz side, a Fritz side, and a Fritz side. <laughs> all right. There you the, go. <laughs> <laughs> but I do but I, no. I do have I have a Fritzide seven. Okay. I have a Fritzide five, and okay. then I also have the Square Bowl. Now, oh, Square Bowl. Yeah, this is. I've not thrown the Square Bowl, dude. It's good. This is yes, the. I've heard. This is the big size. Like okay. it's. I think they call it seven point five. I should know this, but I yeah. think they call this seven point five, and it's compatible. It's right between like a um a two point five and a. Uh, a 3.0 type a thing. A 4.0, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like or a yeah. balsa B2 and a balsa B3 if you want to get right. back old school. But here's the thing about this. It's got a little bit bigger um, square bill on it, on the square bowl, and it's kind of coffined out. The bait runs deeper, and it just knocks off of stuff really good. It catches, does it? It catches yeah. them, dude. It really does. I'm into this in the dirt water right now because it's got the rattle. That's, That's why, cool. and when I get in that dirt stuff, I throw a crankbait with a rattle. You know, I'm talking real dirty, real yeah, dirty. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I get you. That's that's when I bring out the rattle plug, and that's why that's there. Uh, I got a Fritzide seven, a Fritzide five. You can never go wrong. And here's my new little love right now, and that's that dang um, Berkeley popper, the bullet pop, bud. Oh yeah? yeah, I haven't thrown that popper either. I love it. It's this P seventy one. It walks. Yeah. It throws good. It reminds me of that pop bar deal, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've been catching a lot of fish on it, Pete. It's- yeah, I've been I I threw the Chapo a little bit last year. Um, I haven't thrown any of the other Berkeley topwaters. Uh, Seth got me on that Arashi pop. Yeah, uh, it behaves a lot like a that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. because that behaves a lot like the old pop bar as well. Sweet. Yeah, it does. What do you got, bud? You're up. I I. So I, I wrecked one, but I got a pretty one here to show you guys. That's that. <laughs> oh, that's that sleeper guild from Megabass. Uh, sleeper I, gill. I, I had two days of, I got hosed and everybody else is going to get hosed on this thing. Like I didn't catch nothing on them. Uh, and then I had a, a bluegill bed day that I just brained them on this thing. Wow. Uh, uh it, it's the real deal. Uh, 
it can be fished more like a swim bait than the dark sleeper. Um, we, we got, I forget what the total number was. It was like around a couple thousand units. We moved in four hours when we, when we got them. What? We don't get another batch till the end of the summer. So you got those uh, guys, yeah, you got those, yeah. sli- you got those chinch, Jimmy, you got Jimmy's got them. Oh, yeah. you're sneaky. You're yeah. sneaky. What's that hook? So it's, it's believe it or not, you know, the hook in it is, I mean, it's pretty stout little hook in the thing. Huh. You could fish this thing on braid if you wanted to in a, in a, you know, a medium heavy to heavy power rod. It's, it's a stout little hook in this thing. You know it's who might J-Cup. throw that? Brad Lightner. Yeah, no, it's an absolute Brad Lightner. It, it doesn't sink as fast as you think it's, they only come right now in three quarter. And I was like, oh, it's like a football jig, you know, fired out there. But you can fish this thing in a foot of water. The boot tail's so big and it's so bulbous that it kind of just slow fall. It's I like, like that you said bulbous too. Yeah, it is. It's it's like a little balloon. It's awesome. That's uh, pretty cool. It's a cool bait. Uh, I I have a gut feeling it's going to be a staple in the Mega Bass lineup for sure. Hey, dude, and and I, everybody knows that dark sleeper catches pigs. It does. It does. But I, me, I, I'm weird with that dark sleeper. I, I've all my best lucks come on the little tiny, tiny size ones for a small mouth dragging yeah. like a tube. Uh, the bigger ones, I've skipped docks with them and caught them, but I, I haven't caught them as good on the bigger ones. I think this thing's going to be uh, a legit staple and people like a new mega bass staple, like the 110. I do. Gotcha. I, I really believe that. You ever get on that sparky shad, bud? Uh, it's probably one of my favorite, uh, baits on planet earth. Um, I can't get them enough. Uh, we, we burn through them really fast and they've been hard to get this year. So when I can't get those, I run that, uh, that, uh, X zone swammer, the the slant. Yeah. Swammer. Uh, that's a good substitute for it. It has kind of the same tail kick. Yeah, um, that that Brandon Polinick swimmer there, that's a good one. And I run them on that Uozo, uh, that bladed uh, swim jig, uh, the underspin swim jig from Mega Bass. That's a great, great bait. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that Sparky Shed's good. And I know that you guys in uh, in Minnesota throw that big one outside a lot. That's where I, that's what I do with it, and that's why I like that big underspin swim jig because it's more of a probably next couple of weeks here in Minnesota, we can get far enough offshore offshore to start fishing some like real offshore edges, like deep, deep coontail and deep rock and stuff like that. Are, are you same, deep- same place where Choder throws his chicken? Yeah, I know. Well, that reason I brought it up is because I seen the kid had it on his rod. Yeah, I saw yeah, yeah. he had the chick in there and then mm-hmm. he had the, the, the big, uh, uh, whatever we just said, Sparky, the big Spark Sparky. Shed, yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you a jig fisherman, Pete? It's, it's my confidence thing. I, that's, really? that was my, what I've got into summertime with is uh stealth fighter here. Yeah. Uh, I'm my new trailers that max sent chigger crow oh, and the blue crow. It's God, so good. Awesome. It's yeah. so good. Um, it's a good summer and spring trailer. Typically be honest. I go to menace grub or, uh, or even a little, uh, I cut the arms off a rage bug, you know, and cut a rage bug down. Sure. But that, uh, the i've been running the chigger cross so far this year and uh i've been a huge 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 fan and I, this is and it ain't because it's just seth's jig either uh it's a uh, damn good th- jig That's this the is stealth? probably i 
yeah, this is a stealth. I don't, I believe it or not, just to tell you how honest I'm trying to be. I'm not a big fan of the cage. I, I'm a stealth guy, 100%. Even the places where you should throw a cage, I like the stealth fighter a lot more. I, uh, I find myself doing that too when I throw that jig. And that's just a great jig in the milf. I mean, I'll be yeah, honest it, with it, you. It's a grass, grass jig. For now, sure. here's what I notice on that jig. Uh, our buddy trims it up a lot more than you do. And so do yeah. I because he does. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been fishing it and some pretty, uh, uh, pretty heavy grass on the, on uh, deeper grass. Right. So this last couple of times I've been out, so I wanted to fill it up as much as I could and get it to fall pretty slow. Cause this is a five ace, a pretty yeah. heavy one for this little jig. I, I got you. It's a compact jig, man. That jig is yeah. really small, bud. for, I know. It, for what it is. I mean, most of the checks I cashed, the last few years in Minnesota have been on a football jig. I mean, we throw football jigs a lot. It's probably my confidence bait that that jig right there on milfoil docks, everything. I fish that jig and then, uh, I fish a football jig a lot. It catches them. And, uh, I guess I'd be amiss if I didn't have jigs in my 10 cup, uh, cup tackle storage system. And I do. Which ones? Well, dude, I've been on this. I'll be, I got this Berkeley, grass jig this is a three quarter yep. and i i haven't fished i haven't get it, given it enough chance yet uh so i can't talk about that but i've been smashing them on that three eighths berkeley power bait finesse jig yeah. and like i love it it's an old school archetype head do you guys have these pete yep okay this this is an old school archetype head i mean like it doesn't get any more historic bass fishing shape than this. The the line tie oh, is flat in its uh, yeah. what do you call it, Pete? Uh, uh, the horizontal line tie. Yeah, horizontal line tie, and it's recessed in. Yeah. Um. The I I judge jigs by I don't always I don't have that Greg Hackney hookup percentage or that Seth Fighter hookup percentage on jigs. A lot of times I screw up. I don't pay attention all the time. I'm very absent-minded mm-hmm. guy. I I don't know. I get confused easy, but here's what I check. Here's what I do. I check this whenever I buy a jig. The distance between the eye and the point of the hook. I want it to have distance, and that's what I judge it on. That stealth fighter jig has perfect, in my opinion, has a perfect hookup ratio. Okay, it, and so does this new in the three eight size. I'm in love with it. I'm yeah. in love with it. I haven't fished any of those Berkeley jigs yet. Uh, I was intrigued by the football jig, uh, but I haven't thrown it yet. I haven't thrown it either. I've only thrown the finesse jig and a little bit that grass one, but I put the three-inch chigger craw on it. I trimmed the skirt okay. all the way up, put the three-inch chigger craw on it, and uh, it's 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 my new confidence steel. I catch buckets. I catch brownfish. All that on it. All that. All right, now cool. you're, you're going to freak out when, right. I, when I show you the next jig. That I'm throwing. And I said, jig. That I'm throwing. That's the next jig. This is a craw tube. (laughs) (laughs) I've got got a a human-sized bag of them out in my garage. Yes. You have an inflatable uh, flailing arm (laughs) blow-up size thing full of them. And and our buddy always says, like, that is a jig. You know, like what? What is it? It just gets, but it gets big bites, dude. Dude, I've we've tried. I've I've picked his brain about it for years. When he, he's the one who got me into really 
throwing it a lot. Uh, I'm like, why? And he's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> it just works. The thing they eat, the thing they eat it, but it's weird. It doesn't work everywhere. It's really weird. Like I fished around the country, luckily with my, la- my last couple jobs. Uh, it's not, it's not like a, like a rage bug, which is what I got on here <laughs> yeah. for the same purpose. You and hack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been throwing this thing a lot. I I'm in love with rage that. bugs are awesome, dude. I mean, over the last couple of years, I've thrown them more and more and more, but that, uh, Oh, I lost the bag of hooks are over there. Uh, this is that muscle hook from Ichikawa. I love it. Yes. Uh, dude, this hook is just a beaner that it's brains. Them. It's, it's almost should be a lot. It's yep. mean. Um, but this thing will catch them in just about any, any different part of the country. Um, but for some reason, if the vegetation's super, super thick, and I don't know, you're north of the Mason Dixon line. That that crotch you're right. You're right. I think it is just the deal, dude. Yeah, I like the that muscle too. And uh, and Mr. Ichikawa is making me somewhat rings on it, dude. They're gonna don't make me. me a, yeah, that, yeah. I, I'll get you some. I'll give you some. Yeah, yeah. yeah the uh, I love that 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 uh, muscle hook. No doubt it's about it. It's an awesome, awesome hook. No doubt about it. And you guys uh got the the craw tubes. I just got some tilapia from I, we got uh there there was they did let us know at Big Bite some you know uh supply chain stuff issues that they were having a harder time making the super the big bulk packs, like the hundred packs and twenty-five packs of craw tubes, which is what we sell the majority of. I mean, if you've ever been if you're a craw tube fisherman, you know it's uh you, you it, you get on a craw tube bite, you burn through them. So, uh, most of us have big, big bags of craw tubes in our boat up here. Um, so, uh, we do have some of the hundred packs and 25 packs, but we have tons and tons. I of am begging Berkeley A-packs. to make them. I constantly yeah. beg Brad. Yeah, I yeah. constantly beg him. It, it's Maxent. a great bait. Imagine it's if a, we had yeah. that in Maxent. Uh, yeah. could, could you imagine? Oh, oh yeah. I, I, my one of my favorite memories with Seth fishing with him is way back in the day. He asked me to jump in a little uh, little derby with him. I forget. I think it was Minnetonka. Uh, and at the, I didn't catch a. You know, Seth just waxed him all day, all night and day, and I I didn't catch anything, nothing that made the team anyway. You know what I mean? And at the very end of the day on a craw tube, he kept telling me, don't put that thing down. You know, and of course I didn't have a lot of confidence in it. I kept trying to pick up other stuff and, uh, he made me keep flipping the craw tube and I caught a five pounder and we won. And he, he reminds me of that quite regularly. That's awesome. I I saved the day with that five pounder, but yeah, he, I wouldn't have caught it if he wouldn't have told me, don't put that craw tube down. So heck yeah, yeah. dude, that's a beast. It's a beast of a bait. Hey, you, uh, Speaking of beasts, Omni is seriously, sinceriously, as we say on Straight Cast, becoming quite the beast in the uh, e-commerce store community. And you guys got you keep coming up with like cool stuff, like cool little incentives or nudges, as you might call them. And I know you got like you got some things. Is it happening yet, or can you talk yeah, about yeah, it? Yeah, or? yeah, we got we got a couple of major things going on right now. Uh, uh, probably the biggest news uh we got going right now is it's our summer sale um yeah so code summer 20 that's the 20 percent um, off yeah it's 20 percent off site-wide there are very very few except ex- exemptions to it but uh just is that the one where you and seth started. fought and you got no that's that's shop with seth so that was oh. something we did last year we're doing it again this year where 
if you sign up at, at uh, shopwithseth.com, you can go on our site, you can see the giveaway, you can see it on our social media as well. There's links to it. Uh, sign up uh, and you can bring a friend if you win uh, to we'll, all expenses paid trip up to Omnia to shop with Seth. You each get 5,000 bucks and each get a Sims rain suit. That's that's uh, nuts, dude. Yeah. 5k I, each and a Sims rain suit each. Yeah. Yeah. To shop in the warehouse with Seth. So, uh, that you guys are kind. That's like, that's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. That's it's, it's fun. It's a fun deal. So, um, Seth always loves doing that one. So we're doing that one again, <laughs> that big, you know, the summer sale right now has been just chaos. It's, it's been nuts. but it's, it, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, right now, uh, it's typically not the time of year we would do a sale. I know you see a lot of 4th of July sales. Uh, our leadership's kind of against the whole trying to capitalize on any of the uh, any of the national holidays that should be f- thought of for other reasons. Like I agree. July I agree too. And uh, Veterans Day, things like that. We just t- that's just typically not. It's just it's nothing that we're against other people doing. It. It's just that we're, I share the same thought. Yeah, feel we, the same we just feel like it's not a time. So after the fourth, we launched this summer sale and it was more in fact because we you know we were hearing it from our our consumer base uh more price matching us than normal you know call, calling us about other other vendors that are doing a bunch of or other retailers you should say doing a bunch of sale because people are hurting right now the prices on everything you know gas is ridiculous <laughs> uh you know just the cost of things is just wild so we thought we'd just do a summer sale right now time to stock up on some summer type baits we know it, for most of the country other than the deep South, it's a real transition time of the year. These fish are setting up offshore. We're kind of 100%. switching tackle over and uh, I'm busting out spinning poles, <laughs> you know, your worst enemy. And uh, it's, okay. but it's getting to be that time of year. Um, and, hey, uh, and, t- and dude, let's face it. I don't care who you are. 20% off helps. It's not no lame 10% it's, yeah, deal. No, it's, it's, it's a good it's 20%. Deal. Yep. It's legit. You guys got electronics and trolling motors and stuff yet? We have gotten them in randomly throughout, you know, for a while now. We, we, we didn't buy that much of it. It's more on us than the manufacturers. Like most of the supply chain stuff we've got on order in big giant volume that we just don't get because they can't get it. It's not like with electronics, that's a mess for everybody, but we honestly didn't go that big. That wasn't a plan for us till we were in our new facility next year and we have more room and we can carry a lot of it. Cause imagine you've been to our space. We don't have much room anymore Yeah, and uh, we can't, we don't have anywhere to put all that stuff. So um, we do have some trolling motors, some electronics, mostly Humminbird and Minkota. We've get some Lorraine sure. stuff in, um, it's easy. but that's very soon to change the couple of the founders of our company have a pretty extensive electronics background. Yeah. I heard anything. that about them. Yeah. I, I yeah, heard there, that about them. There should be a, it'll be a big part of our business down the road, but we're still scaling up to that part. Dude, you guys are, uh, like we were saying with heck cool AF. And, uh, like you're a fun place to shop and, uh, hands-on experience. Let's face it. Um, 10 K giveaway. Oh yeah. Go shopping with fighter. He'll even bum you a smoke and not even want one back. And, uh, you get a Sims, uh, suit from Patterson. Patterson's going to come custom fit you with a tape measure. (laughs) It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool deal. And going on right now, 20% off at Omnia fishing. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't miss out on it. It's gonna be, we're pretty well stocked up right now, like as good as we have been since uh, all this supply chain nightmare stuff started. So yeah. I, I would, I would. Uh, I'm gonna get some bass mans tomorrow. Yeah, I, I'm I calling up, up Kip, 
and yep. uh, bros, and I'm gonna I'm not even gonna order the like normal people. I'm gonna yep. call up on the phone, tell them, and I'm and gonna just phone order it. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> demand shit. I'm gonna be yeah, yeah, and like and then I'm gonna have them like do crazy stuff like go ask Pete this. <laughs> and then they'll come and then they'll come back and I'm gonna go have him go, Hey, could you ask Pete this? And then yeah. go over there and do it, it again. It happens every once in a while. Yeah. But that's the cool thing about Omni and we uh we appreciate your support uh at Omnia Fishing of the Stray Cast Show. Sincerely. Thank- yeah. Thanks, Thanks bud. buddy. No, yeah. we, we appreciate your support as well. You're an uh, early supporter of ours. Yeah, you're a, cool, you're a dude. You're, you're a cool company. And we like, I mean, that's the thing about the fishing industry. I think people should only be involved with cool people. Because when you're not involved with cool people, you can tell you're fake. How else can I put it? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> it's the company you keep, Polish Pete. That's what I'm saying. That's what I I'm like saying, it. bud. Hey, 20% off. Summer yep. 20, omniafishing.com. Sign up for the Go Shopping with Fighter. Stop in there. Go fishing with Polish Pete, and uh, he'll talk to you about everything you want to know. And uh, what are you doing? You got any more Bassmaster crap? With uh, I shouldn't say it like that. You know what I mean. Yeah. We're just, you, uh, you got any more yeah. Bassmaster we, crap we, going We are going to. We are. We were talking about it tonight. I left work late because we were in a meeting about it. But uh, we'll be streaming uh, – the Bassmaster event at Oahe, so the South Dakota one oh, on nice. Mobridge Bridge there. Um, so you'll be able to live shop that one. We're going to be doing that again. We got some more tech to roll out for that one. So Plenty of crap cool to buy. Yeah, lots of stuff to buy. We got a lot of smallmouth <laughs> stuff, so uh should be fun. It's going to be an interesting way to wrap the Bassmaster season up there. And then I might come down and visit you while you're down there at uh, La Crosse if yeah. I can get out of my meetings. Um Got ICAST coming up, but for the next few days, I'm going up north to finally catch me a five-pounder this year. I'm Heck stuck yeah. on four. So Send me some pics, okay, Pete? Will do, bud. Yeah. Talk to you soon. I want to see some biggins of you and the missus catching some grandes. You know what I mean? That's the plan. All right, I will, bud. Be good. Catch tons of fish. Uh, thanks again for all this. Hey, oh, Ginge, let's let, uh, let's let uh, Pete do the tin cup prize. You want to text that to Pete? How about this, Pete? You want to give away the tin cup fun pouch tonight? I th- I think he might have. Hang on a second. Oh, here. okay. Because we're off next week. Ginger's on oh. vacation. He's going to Venezuela, peacock <laughs> bass fishing with the whole family. He's bringing all the yep. little kids to South America, and <laughs> and uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, but yeah, that's why we did an extra long show tonight, and we're giving away extra tin cup fun pouch. And you're going to announce the winner. What do you think, Pete? I like it. And you want you ready for this? Ginger, giving him something. <laughs> And the winner of the tin cup fun pouch is Andy, and I love it. Summer, Andy Summer, Andy S-O-M-E-R. Summer. Yep. Yeah, I seen his name before. Yeah, Summer. All right, there we go. Congratulations, Andy Summer. Uh, direct message, uh, Jr. on the Straycast Facebook page, and uh, Luke Foley's gonna get you out your prize. There it is. It's another Straycast show, Pete. An extra long marathon one, but we're off next week, and then we're back the following week. And Choder's going to do an opens thing, and then we'll have the winner. Oh, nice! Of, yeah, we'll have the winner of uh, of uh, New York on. So maybe it'll be Choder. Yeah, it could be. You never yeah. know. Double New York winner. Wouldn't yeah. that be amazing if he could interview himself? <laughs> that would be. I cool. think he has. I think yeah. he has. <laughs> uh, that uh, would be amazing. Pete, take it easy. Bass Galaxy, give it up for Omnia Fishing and Pistol Pete. Polish. See you, boys. Chris Pure. Take care, Ginge. Thanks, bud. Peace. There it is, Bass Galaxy. Thanks. 
marathon episode. I'm Pat Renwick, Andrew Ellenberger, Jimmy, the River Guy, and J.R. Ewing. Thanks, Ichikawa. Thanks, Sims Fishing. Tin Cup Whiskey. Yeah, there it is. Alpha Angler. Half a spot official. Sign up if you haven't already. Thanks, Pete, and all the guys at Omnia. Bravarni Swim Jigs. Dan Bravarni. He's a good, that old sailor him. <laughs> Bite me tackle, Brad Zollers. Thanks for the uh, getting the lead out with us here. Amphibia throwing shade right there. Impulse lithium. I'm digging my impulses, dude. I can get over to steel thing now, Ginge. I can get over to steel thing. Abu Garcia. Thank you, Berkeley. Thank you, Crestliner. We stay afloat with Crestliner. I power pulled down for pleasure every gosh dang day. I'm Pat Renwick. And we'll see you in two weeks on Straycast, the glorified version of a Bassin talk show. Thanks, Cal Sag Derb. Next week, peace. Check it out, calsagbass.com. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to StrayCast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace!